0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. And coming at you from the province of Alberta and the great state of Florida. It's Primetime Jukebox episode 101. Tonight we celebrate Hector Alfonso's historic victory in the Battle of the Bands. With a show about the award-winning artist Prince. And as always... Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Peronal 20th anniversary is offered to three distinct wrappers a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon belly wrappers with thick, high priming minor and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars are a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo A23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by JRE Tobacco, the Authentic Coro leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age cigars in Cuba, it was the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Coro from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced Authentic Coro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic carojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Hootness and Houston bring their very own brand to market and each contain the authentic carojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. Each represent the golden age of scars from 1947 to 1961. they available at your criteria. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. A legacy is tasted in every draw. And by Air USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tabacalera USA, great things are happening here. And finally, I want to mention Drew Estate. Dark bold and unapologetic Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted deepest and darkest and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield Sweet Amber Distillings Rob Dietrich and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful but beautifully balanced offering tantalizing notes of leather chocolate and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. And remember, you can find all the live streaming uh, for the Primetime Network shows sponsored by exclusively by Drew State as well as the Thursday California Primetime Studios. Well welcome you guys. This is Primetime Jukebox. We start a new era. This is Jukebox episode 101. It's Will Cooper here. I am in the Pardomo Cigar Studios here on the black stage. I'm joined uh on the other side of the world by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke.
1: Hello, Coop. Very excited for this show. It seems like John and I, Sergio and I, switched weather climates. This is a total flip. Yeah, you're, you're, you you used to be the one outside with the beanie and the lisa. Now it's me freezing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Absolute uh, props to you, Dave, for being outside. Uh, any really, anything below ten degrees, science is is kind of you know approaching unpleasant territory. And I think when you get down to around the five degrees, science. It's like you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You know, good. Good for you, buddy. Good for you.
1: I like the science versus freedom. Uh, mm.
3: like-
0: yeah. <laughs> you can thank Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. We, of course, we want to welcome John McTavish, the cigar surgeon, and Hector Alfonso as our special guests tonight. Uh, guys, welcome. Ooh. We always appreciate you guys on. Love to be here. Love to win another prize. You know me. I'm- <laughs> Uh, two-time champion. Uh, he has done a, a masterful job, um, and uh, you know, I just want to say, you know, it's a uh, Hector. You know, look, it, you to beat a man, you got to beat the man, right? And we that's have, right. You have not been, you have not been beaten yet. Um, and undefeated. Uh, yeah, he is undefeated. He uh, he did a, a masterful job uh in the last two years for sure. So, uh, you know, congrats, Hector. We normally, we do a show and we, that it's, and we pick the album. Um, The problem is we did Purple Rain <laughs> last year. Yeah. So that, that threw out that idea. So we went with Plan B, which was the next best thing to do. And that would be to uh, pick the artist. And we're going to do, you know, in the winning, in case you haven't heard the Battle of the Bands, the winner of it was uh, Princess Purple Rain. Uh, from Hector's bracket. Blouses. Yeah. Defeating <laughs> the We'll get into it a little more. I know in a few minutes. Uh John McTavish's uh Metallica's master of puppets. So uh
4: Yes. Yeah. Metallica made a good run. They just at the end they were out of stock. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sort of like uh it's sort of heat uh, nuggets like, isn't it? Uh no. no,
4: listen, it was much closer Do- than that. John was plucky. No, but the, John, John was—they the were, I, they were ahead at a couple of but times. Had some life in them, yeah. They had some much, had some much life in them. The Problem is that the the Prince guys, after I bought all my Twitter votes, it took. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding, bro. No and and
2: pancakes, right? It and just and took no the pancakes. Twitter
4: guys a while, uh, and and Coop made a great note about this a couple of weeks ago. Seven hundred views, forty votes. You got seven hundred people who are viewing yeah. it. Who either don't know how to log on to Twitter, don't want to log on to Twitter, or don't care enough to log on to Twitter to vote, but they want to see what's going on. That just that frustrates me, but that's, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's the society we live in.
0: I'm going to be honest. I was frustrated, too, because we were up with voting this year, believe it or not, but we were down with people doing the retweet for the prizes. So we're going to have to do <laughs> some reevaluation. I mean, look, I, I want to give these prizes away and everything. They're not cheap to give away, you know, because we have to mail, have to send mail as like... Sure. And, um, you know, if people don't want the prizes, we could do it without the prizes. I don't think I'll do that, but I I haven't gotten a good explanation why why the prize voting. And I asked – I actually went to some of our regulars. I said, hey, do the prizes stink? And they're like, no, they're all telling me it's pretty good. I mean, and if I miss you as a regular, let me know, by the way. But uh, – so I don't know what it was, so I'm trying to figure that out um, for sure. I mean, one of them was some- a cash prize, so, I mean – Anyway, all you have to do is retweet once and you're in. So and everybody loves cash. Everybody loves cash, yeah. Somehow so, uh,
2: somehow I think it should be Elon's fault, right? Because yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, so uh
0: so yeah, it uh um yeah, so uh it was it was pretty good as far as that goes. But we gotta do some housekeeping, Dave. Um mm. so uh, I'm glad you picked this one up uh, this week. Um Death in the Music World.
1: Yeah, Astrid uh, Gibuto died. Uh, when was that? Would have been a couple days ago. I
0: it was think, in, the in the middle of the week. Maybe?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, people probably know her <clears throat> from "Girl from Ipanema," uh, which is her most famous song by far. She was the girl from Ipanema. Yeah, she was. That Do you was... know? So she's Brazilian singer, like Pop and Bossa Nova. Yeah. When she recorded that song, right? She got the. Generic studio fee, which is like 120 bucks she got for recording it or whatever. And the producer locked her out of getting all royalties from it. And it sold it 5 did. million copies. And she got nothing. Wow. And that
2: right there is just another example of what's wrong with the music industry. So
1: the producer locked her out. And yeah. uh, now she did go on to star in movies and and, and put out a lot of more music, but... um. She spent her final years living in Philly, Coop. Had yeah, I Philly, I uh, was lived. just
0: gonna mention that she died. Actually, died in Philadelphia, which I uh yes, I only found that out um recently. So uh, so yeah, she an um, Eagles
2: game or something. <laughs>
0: you no, know, she lived. She lived there. She had a house. She, that's where she lived. Yeah. It's to take a
2: shot at the Philly fans out there. Yeah, tough, <laughs> tough, tough, tough town for sports. You know, you, yeah. you got to bring your A game.
0: Listen, listen. We uh, we're already we're already calling for the manager's head in Philadelphia. Ah, uh, you, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm just gonna say this. John's writing
4: a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers cockiness, and I don't like it. He's, he's like, I, I'm already <laughs> feeling
1: some of that Aaron Rodgers cockiness on John. This shit, Did You this go to the gonna... darkness retreat, John? Did you go to the darkness good. retreat?
2: It's the ayahuasca man. I had you know, a little ayahuasca laid down on the couch, uh, you know, just turned all the lights off. And I'm like, it's so dark in here, I can hear my own, I can hear the smell of my own thoughts.
4: <laughs> John's um, gonna be insufferable this year, I have a feeling. Just, just going um, out on the limb, I'm just gonna lay that out there. Either way, 11 right? 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Or, you know, 12 but either 5, way,
1: then. if they go 11 and 5, or if they go 5 and 11, it be it'd be insufferable.
4: That's true. No, no, that's not true. John's John's one of the uh-huh. best guys I know.
3: Oh, but
4: man. winning has a way of changing all the that. <laughs> oh, look at Coop! I, w- I wouldn't know. I mean,
2: it's anyway, crazy. I forgot the This is a uh,
4: Coop's oh, 19, uh, 1983 Ken O'Brien hat. <laughs> it's a, right. like, oh, it's draft, to, this is at least twenty years old this hat. Yeah, from draft
1: day. Yeah. yeah. Before we get in the Jets corner, let me just mention some songs for uh, Astrid here: "Girl from Panema and "Fly Me to the Moon." Very good. To
3: me
2: to Check moon. it out. I have uh, one other thing to add, Dave. Yeah, uh, for those if, if if you haven't checked it out on Disney, uh, Disney's got uh, Wu Tang: The American Story. Um, All right. It's just just finished its third season. Um, I just finished the third season. It's it's a really really good. If you if you're even sort of a casual Wu Tang fan, you really should watch. It's uh, pretty interesting. I mean. They kind of do the whole tail, warts and all, you know, like they don't hold back on some of, some of the stuff they all right. um All right. But, uh, you know, if you're a Wu-Tang fan, I think you'll come out a super Wu-Tang fan afterwards.
0: Huh. Good plug there. But you more. got done a
1: summer plug, speaking of shows, Coop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, H- H- HBO, now I guess Max, They've renamed HBO to Max. Get it right. Uh, Cost millions of dollars in marketing. Get it right. Uh, (laughs) When when basically Succession just went into the tank as a show, right? It just became unwatchable. Uh, I saw her just flipping around. They had uh, a Donna Summer documentary that was really well done. Um, It was done by her daughter and her late husband. Uh, I'll just say one real quick thing, and then we'll kind of at some point have a further discussion. Um, wasn't as strong on the musical part as I would have liked to have had, but there's a lot of information about her life that was really revealed for the first time in this. Uh, and they get some interviews with like ex-boyfriends and stuff, which is, uh, pretty, pretty amazing. So, uh. I had followed on stuff for a long time, and I learned a lot about her life, is what I'll just say. So, uh, definitely worth checking out. Like I said, it was a little weak on the music end, I thought, and uh, at some point I'll have a further discussion on that, because I could do about 30 minutes, and I'm not going to tie, tie you guys up today. Ooh. But uh, I, see, I heard watching. about that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's worth watching. It. Like I said, you're not going to get, like, I was looking for a little more of, like, especially her work with Giorgio Moroder and stuff, and they do some of it, but they they touch on it. Um, they just touch on it. They don't really they don't really talk about the disco backlash and how it affected her either. I, just, I was a little disappointed All right. with that. Yeah, so uh, I think musically it was a little weak, but I think biographically it was very strong.
1: Hey, cigar news, coop.
0: Um. It's been a, I would say it's been a pretty quiet week. I think the big news that came out, there were two big things. Uh Drew State announced the H ninety nine Papas Fritas. Uh so Dave, you're getting those in your um freestyle live kit I'm sending you. That's the, that was oh, the Oh is cigar. that the all right. Yep, so you're getting that. And I guess the other big news was Mombacho Cigars uh shut down this week officially. Oh. So we I think a lot of us knew that was coming, but they have shut down. Um one of the uh, co-owners, Garrett Ingrisano, is still in the business. He's got a different company now, uh, and he's doing some stuff with Indiana Ortez. But as far as Mombacho and those brands, they're done. So, right, uh, the seventeen-year uh, run is over. Wow. The, the, um,
2: <clears throat> the Chaz Bolamentero thing was kind of interesting. Um,
0: it, yeah, uh, we were talking a little about that last week. Absolutely. Um, it's a twenty-dollar cigardo, is what I found out. That's the that's the problem when you do when you do these celebrity cigars. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this morning, um we talked about this on KMA radio, right? Hector, and I think you'd be interested in this Abe made a great point. He said and he said this, he said, you know, Chaz can get involved with this. He goes, But the bar's been set by you guys and Guy. Oh yeah. The bar is set now and you know that that's how it's gonna be now. I mean that's how it's gonna be. Everyone's looking at what you guys did, and that's the that's the gold standard now.
4: Oh, i appreciate that and you know just as you say that he he's fresh off of doing an event with, with uh with eric just yep. did an event last yeah. week in uh in alabama the company, alabama so yeah. uh listen it's uh that's the that's the that's the part that's going to be a problem for any celebrity cigar yeah you know the the the, the price is going to be a little yeah. higher because the celebrity wants his you know uh, yeah he's going to want his big yeah. or he's going to want his cut yeah. Yeah, so I don't, we'll think, s- we'll
2: I don't think I Chaz is gonna fly up to Pennsylvania to do a cigar event. You know,
4: I mean, I know he's busy. Chaz now has a podcast, and you know, right. he's doing a Gravesend uh, show. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's. I, I like the fact that he's using he's using a picture from Bronx Tale. Which is cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like Coop's Twitter photo. You ever guys seen Coop's <laughs> Twitter photo? So when he first he joined, us. The year was nineteen sixty-eight, <laughs> and those <laughs> yeah, Cardinals yeah, yeah. were on fire.
0: Bob Gibson with a one-twelve ERA. He looks like a sports guy, you know, uh, working <laughs> in the booth at Busch Stadium, you know. And yeah, you know, steps uh, up to the base, the Buck Show. Walter, I'm picking on him. All He's available. one and two.
2: I agree. Wind Buck, coming oh. out of the south, twelve knots. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: But yeah, he uh, look. I, I I wish anybody anybody who can come into this industry and and try to help let's the industry. Let's get and, Chaz
0: and Guy together at PCA. Uh, let's slow down now. Slow, your, <laughs> slow your roll. Slow your, slow I, your I, I agree roll, with you though, Hector.
2: I think I think the for me the hope the dream whenever whenever there's sort of a a celebrity is not. I don't I don't necessarily care about the cigar, which I mean is kind of blasphemy. What I care about is that the the reach of the industry has now expanded into a massive, massive sphere of people who have no concept of what a cigar is. And my hope is that like, you know, it, it, it
4: kind of, the goal is to rage mainstream, right? The goal is to be as mainstream as, as we once, as cigars once were in the twenties and in the forties, where a guy smoking did not bat an eyelash, not, you know, you're smoking somewhere and I don't want, let's not, let's pick on a state we don't like, let's pick on a state, Uh, California. And all of a sudden, everybody's running into a safe room, you know, and and, yep. and yelling at you, and you know. So listen, it, it would it, it would be nice for for anybody who can help bring cigars back into the mainstream. So yeah. we'll see what right. happens. I yeah. wish I wish them luck. I, yeah, I, Dean
0: I Dean Parsons them. is doing that. He's a good guy. Oh, we'll and work. not just that, Dean is a wonderful guy. So I mean, he's a super
2: good guy. He's yeah. one of those And not nice... just because he's Canadian,
0: and not because <laughs> he's just law enforcement.
4: either. yeah. I mean, that's listen, good. he's uh, <laughs> uh, there's not enough guys like that. So yeah, let's yeah. Let's, let's, let's let's wish him well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's done some good cigars. I actually think he's done very good. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. are you uh, smoking
1: people.
4: I uh, I had a Nikko hookah earlier, so I'm <laughs> uh, I am uh, sadly I'm not smoking. I had a bit of a head cold. And oh no! I'm 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 toughing it out here because yeah. it's for my good friend Coop. No, it no, been if we... for anybody else. It'd have been yeah. for anybody else. I'd had to go anyway. Hector, have you done the
2: Have you done the pho cleanse? Like get that extra spicy pho and just like all the all the head cavities. No, just... the
4: problem is at my age now. When you do the spicy pho, it affects the other end.
3: Yeah, I can't.
4: Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, well, I'm trying to. I, I want to keep went. everything in one end <laughs> and not uh, not out with that end as well. Understandable. So. It does. It, it. It's a price you pay. I might do some Indian food later. Maybe I don't know. There you, oh, go. Ooh, there, you go. there you go. Sweat so, it out, baby. Sweat it out, baby.
1: What do right. you got, Serge? Uh,
2: so I was, I'm I going with the Vault series. I called the Vault series because uh, I had to dig deep in the vault. I actually spent more time <laughs> uh, in my humidor <clears> digging <throat> for stuff than I have in a long time. I'm like, you know, I'm going through, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good, but I smoked this a lot. This is, this is okay. This isn't right for the show. And so I put your own 3000 natural sitting on the top. I'm like, when is the last time I legitimately lit up a padrone, any padron, just you know, for shits and giggles? And I'm like, that's kind of kind of sad that, you know, I'm I'm not big time, but I just you know, smoking so much for review. I'm like, maybe it's maybe it's padron time and uh oh. you know, it's, it's not bad.
1: Nice. Coop, what do you what are you, you what do you got? You got uh
0: all right, so I got a six oh one yellow. But if folks, then this was a cigar recently released by Espinoza, But this is a Robusto size, and you can see this is a well aged Robusto size. I don't think that amber is coming through here. Um, I got these from Hector about, I gotta say, about six years ago. Um, I felt, and I've been asking him for six years, when are you releasing the yellow? He's at this. Oh, one. look at it! And I kept asking, and it finally came out this year. Uh, so I'm very happy. Um but I'm going to smoke one of these well-eats Toros tonight, which I'm really excited yes. about. Rebooster. I'm Rebooster. sorry, did I say Toro and Yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Oh. Thank you. See, Hector's not even 100%. He's keeping me honest. I'm on your <laughs> game, bro. I'm on your game. But uh, no, this is an uh, excellent excellent. Work. I was so glad to see this get released this year, Hector. really, really was. Well, I'm looking forward to releasing it again next year. I, I think it was... Uh, I'm glad it, you're saying it, because I remember you were saying you weren't sure if you guys going to release it or not again. I'm, I'm glad. Well, listen, it did very well, and as long as people clamor for it, we'll we'll put it out, yeah. You know? Yep. I uh clamor for it, people. It's a good cigar. Uh if you haven't had it, you're gonna want to clamor for it. So
3: right. that
2: one's uh that's out of Lizona, right?
0: Uh the one he is smoking is out of ages. Right, right, right. And the right, one right.
1: we did is out of Lizona. Right,
2: right,
0: right.
1: Hmm. I don't that's have good. anything close to his ages as what oh, oh let me was.
0: let me mention one Whoop thing got. why I picked this. Oh, go cigar. ahead. Well, one yeah. Hector's on the show, right? But two, well, we are doing Prince tonight, right? And, you know, I talked about this when we did the Purple Rain Show, that on the color wheel, the opposite of purple is yellow. That was Morris Day's color in the movie. And I was a big Morris Day fan in that. Uh, And it's also a rare, this Robusta is obviously a rarity and a gem. Prince has a ton of those types of music. So it was a couple of reasons why I went with that today. Oh, there you go. And now for Uh, the world's most expensive humidor.
4: (laughs) The world's most highly, the world's most highly taxed humidor, Dave Burke. (laughs)
1: Oh, honestly. Uh, I got, I got, to, I wanted to go Southern 80s. So I got the Oscar Valadaris, the McFly. Oh, there you go. There you go. Because it's got the purple, it's got the 80s theme for the 80s show. I do have the most expensive humidor, not because of the cigars in it, but for it's what the, it's Her Majesty's text. There's no joke. Yeah. Hey, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they sneak through. This remember, one, this one's remember does,
4: John, thought, does, does John know the story, Coop? Of us, you know, oh, no good deed oh, goes oh, unpunished. Oh, you got to oh, tell. Oh, I don't think
0: he does. And I, our viewers may want to hear it. And I, and
4: so no good deed goes unpunished. I had just met Dave. I had just been on the show. And I said, well, you know, I got to. We got to send this guy some cigars. So I give Coop a, a handful of cigars, more than a handful. Yeah, I say,
0: so, hey, I'm sending some Hector. Just give me some, right? So give I him.
4: give him maybe 20 yeah. cigars, 15, 20 cigars. <laughs> Plus, Coop is collecting cigars to give to him as well. That's part of the you know the process for what God they knows do. where this is going. And when that got there to Australia, it, what, it was like $1,900 to get those things out? <laughs> uh, still, like, Dave had to
1: get a second job. It was like 500 bucks, I think, or something.
4: <laughs> $500 to get out $300 of cigars. It was the most outrageous shit you're... I mean, but hey,
0: you know, it is what it is. Well, what you it know, is. You, <laughs> and, and, you know, I sometimes forget this, what Dave has to go through. This and there's a couple of times afterwards where I say, hey, Dave, here's what I'm sending you. And there was one I actually had filled out the label on. And Dave's like, "Can you pull some stuff out?" He's like, uh, <laughs> "Oh, I'm like, to bring the." Dave's asking out. me to Gotta pull stuff lead. out, right? Dave, Dave's <laughs> asking for layaway. He's
4: asking for free stuff on right. layaway.
0: Can we? Can I get that? <laughs> can you lay that away for me, brother? I can't. I, I can't. You know. Right. Right. And then you know, Dave was in the states, right? Um, in December, right? we were at that store in in St. Paul, and Dave's Burn. like. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with all these cigars. Yeah, you know, he's trying to figure uh-huh. out what he's we, we I'm giving we it away to people. Up. We loaded <laughs> Dave up and then uh, again Dave's like I, I gotta get us all back. So I think you left some back with your family and had to mail some, right? It was Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a de- it's a delicate process. We want we wanted to make sure Dave had cigars, but I think and it was but too not, cold for him to smoke outside either. They so.
4: want, want to make sure Dave had cigars but no money to buy milk.
2: Right. Which is <laughs> hey man i tra- I, tra- I trade you a cigar for a sirloin steak one for <laughs> one you- thank you sir yep you, you guys get jammed up dave because uh you don't even you don't even get the uh and, and i think it's just because the canadian government realizes if they didn't if they didn't give some leeway canadians would just be lying lying through their through their faces uh you guys get no sort of free grace on bringing stuff back or at least for the time being, we get, you know, we get that 50 grace, which, uh, yeah. you know, if, if you're respectful, 50 can turn into 85, maybe 90 and <laughs> how well, much you want
1: to push it in in Australia, not to bog the showdown in like customs talk, but in Australia, everything's by weight, right? So what the weight equates to is your, when you bring them back on the plane, your non-taxed amount is something like five cigars like once you get past five you gotta you gotta pay yep and it's like 20 bucks a cigar roughly uh,
0: yeah wow which is, which, <laughs> wow. Is, which is which is you know
2: kind of I mean we're not we're not that far behind um but you guys certainly have it worse right no question
1: so if you think about it because of the US dollar you buy a cigar for like 20 bucks like we were talking about before. You buy a cigar for 20 bucks, which is probably like 32 Australian or something like that, maybe 25. And then you pay for the shipping, which is probably adding another 10 bucks to the cigar. And then if it gets taxed, then that's another 20. So you're looking at it paying $65 for that cigar,
0: and, and roughly. And we were complaining this morning about a $36 Davidoff.
2: Right?
0: Yep. <laughs> Oh, like, I,
2: render, render over King...
1: 20 bucks. Is, yeah. 20 bucks is priced out for me, man. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, you, you can appreciate Dave, how much I pucker when, uh, when I get, when, when Aaron sends me a care package and he's like, oh. yeah, that, those, those Davidoffs are in there. And I'm like, Ooh, come on, come on. Gotta, you know, rub some prayer beads over it and, you know, pray, <laughs> pray to the Indian gods and pray to the Christian God. Like, come on, man, just don't get that Davidoff package snack. Cause. That's gonna be a twelve hundred dollar touch if that gets
0: caught. That, and I had a, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I this is way back when Sam uh Leisha was on the show. Mm. He he sent me um we were we were talking, I, I got some cigars from him. It was like, I got, oh, only just send me five. That's fine. Five, that's great, I appreciate it, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, you know, I know he says that, but you know, Dave deserves some more cigars for that. Luckily, it got through taxes. He put like twenty extra cigars in there. It would have cost <laughs> me like six hundred dollars, <laughs> but it 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 stuck through somehow. Yeah, but ah, uh, oh, You gotta love it. So yeah, the McFly,
0: woo, the McFly. When
2: you Good make like a tree,
1: Dave. <laughs> Leave. It's got some glitter on there. Love it up. So yeah let's let's talk to the winner about what it's like to win the Battle of the Bands again.
0: It's coming to Dynasty. Listen, uh
4: as, as, like, like, as I said earlier, I it's it's not about the artists. I mean, don't get me wrong, Prince is a great artist. But you know, what did I tell you guys earlier? I'm not a huge Prince fan, like I'm a like I'm a huge U two fan or Simple Minds fan or a Radiohead fan. I uh what did I what's the word I use, Johnny I'm a uh so I can't it situational
2: no it was I'm uh... a
4: situ no I am uh no I'm a I'm a, a prince pragmatist maybe opportunist Ooh. I'm oh, a prince a... opportunist listen I I I have been able to enjoy something of his except diamond and pearls which I didn't like that out oh, I, I did not Get like Off. the diamond and pearl um
0: but I just did a like great song, song.
4: You know, but, but it's not, I, I agree. It's not his yeah.
0: best album, Hector. I, I will agree with you. Yeah,
4: I want to be your lover. Nineteen ninety nine, a little red Corvette. Sexy mother, sexy motherfucker a bad song. I mean, that's just a that's a nasty uh, song. And kiss because I like any album, I like any song or any video that had a lot of Wendy and Lisa in it because I liked Wendy and Lisa, even though Wendy and Lisa wouldn't like me. But that's fine; doesn't matter. I, I like. Well, they Wendy like, like Lisa. each
0: other. They like each other.
4: like each other which is great you know Mazatov. but i i i can you know something new comes out there's going to be something i like on it but i'm not this is two albums in a row now it's the same thing i'm i wasn't a huge i wasn't a huge nirvana fan but taken within the context of what the contest is i think i know which album to go with so you know when we're ready to do that 1950s album i'm all over it man i've been doing my research but I don't think there's any 50s people left around to, to <laughs> any 50s
0: fans to go around, you know. Uh, I, Hector, I was with you as far as Nirvana went with the 90s album. Oh. But I gotta be honest, when this album hit in 1984, I got really into this album. I, I think this is Prince's landmark album, I think it was the album of the decade. Um, and it I'm certain other Prince albums I like better than others after that um and I always thought Prince was the anti-michael Jackson reaction in a lot mm-hmm. of ways he kind of brought you know uh he was kind of another angle um at the time for you know more I'd say B, you know black music at the time where he provided this and I think he brought a level of musicianship that was even greater than what Michael Jackson did well, so
4: listen there's there's no doubt that this is you have to under. I mean, we all have our personal journeys as uh, through life, and and how the songs or how these albums kind of fit in the in the in the in the path of our of that year. So you're thinking 1984. 1984 is a huge year for me. 1984 it was, for me is I left for, I left home. I you know I left for the army in March. Yep. I'm you know I'm I, I was a 17 year old kid in basic training and. First thing that changes is music changes because the beginning of nineteen eighty four is uh, the end of eighty three music. So you're still listening to Footloose. Footloose was huge. Mm, Ooh, yeah. The Footloose album was huge in the beginning of nineteen eighty four. Still, and then when I get to I get to Fort Gordon, when I get to AIT. This album comes up, and it's like, what the hell is this? And it just it was everywhere. I mean, how many songs on this album? got radio play and this is before personal radios i mean every, i think a couple of guys in our in our in our company may have had walkman's or but this is radio play when doves cry yeah let's go crazy i would die for you purple rain uh, you know it's just one after another after another plus we're soldiers on base during during the week when you know a, a, a private a private first class even a. uh I need three, up to any four, you're making $1,100 a month. You don't have a lot of money, but you're going to the, you're going to watch yeah. Purple Rain for the 10th time. Mm. You know, you're going to watch Purple Rain for the 10th time at the $2 theater. And, you know, and people were dressing like Lisa and and Wendy and people were dressing like the, not the surgeon, but they were dressing like yeah. the, uh, like the, 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 buccaneer, the, the, the guitarist who dressed like, uh, like somebody from Prince uh, Prince Louis' court. I mean, it's just yeah. this album. This album was this album not only not only was the music and, and, and not only did it take control of the music scene, the fashion scene as well. Sure. I mean, just, you know, everybody with that shit.
0: You know, it's, it, hairdo, was it was crazy. Prince hairdos, the the hairdos, hairdos. Beethoven, Beethoven shirts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The rough, the puffy,
4: shirt, the puffy shirt, yeah. the puffy shirt. You know, even yeah. before Kramer, I mean, the puffy shirt was in. I mean, it was just uh,
0: Lisa and Wendy had those. I don't know those they weren't wild dresses. They were kind of just like those club dresses. I don't know how should put it, you know, Madonna kind of dressed like that too at the time.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the last time I saw the last time I remember a, a woman in a, a woman's clothing influenced by rock by music was a couple of years earlier when everybody dressed like Pat Benatar. Yep. Remember? Mm. It was like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, the, the girl said, Oh, she looks like Pat Benatar. Well, so does that one, and so does that one, and so does that, you know. That's it's uh it's yeah, it's one of those things, yeah. you know
0: yeah it was uh like I said it was uh, it was unbelievable when um you know this album also spent 24 weeks at number one 24 consecutive weeks at number one mm, that that's is
4: all, that's that's crazy that's almost I think
0: it I think it was the record at the time because I don't think thriller had as many weeks at, even though thrower sold more it didn't have as many weeks at number one as, as this album and Hector you mentioned 84 and 85 big, big year in music. I mean, this was a very competitive music. I say it was very competitive in those years. Uh, You know, when you, you posted in
4: our chat, a, a a snapshot of the top of the, you know, the top 40 of the one weekend in 1985 or
3: whatever.
4: If you can get rid of the, the top, if you got rid of the, the pop music on that chart, there were still some good bands. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's just some of the stuff was crap, you know, the, the Jan John John Homer's Miami Vice theme. You
0: know, that's nobody's a fan of John Homer. I love that. I, I love know, that I, theme song. But, but oh. at the time Airplay was in that was because Airplay was, Well
4: sure, radio was still a thing.
0: Yeah.
4: You know, radio was still a thing. Video video had video video yeah, did kill a, a lot car. of these things.
0: Yeah, but mm. video,
4: video, video video Listen, 84 Eighty four was oh,
1: incredible. Yeah, look at that, yeah. Excellent. And and you yeah, know not the
4: look at that. So everybody wants to rule the world. All right, all right let's look at that for just a second. And, and I hate okay, to take over yeah. the show.
1: All right, no,
4: so you had Tears for Fears. Like Tears for Fears, I would consider them a, a different. You know, they're they're uh, they weren't a pop band. Yep. Wham was a pop band. Oh yeah uh, axel F by you know that's uh, that's right up there. <laughs> all right, so sudden Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean oh, is yes. uh, a top forty machine. Uh, Brian Adams, another top forty machine. Howard Jones, another top forty machine. The Mary Jane Girls, uh, Rick James. Yeah, I know. Uh, right. Simple Minds, <laughs> Simple Minds, a true alt alt band right there. But that was uh, a pop song they did. But that was a pop right. Song. But it, it but it was a pop song for a movie. It's not even their song. Yeah, they yeah, didn't write yeah, that yeah. song. They didn't write that song. They. They have such moral, they're on such moral high ground that when their best of came out, they didn't put it in the original best of because they didn't write it. Yeah, that's so. how, that's mm. that's how, and they could have easily included it in that album, uh, right after uh, Breakfast Club. Uh, Katrina and the Waves, a little funky out, uh, out band, mm-hmm. pop, uh, Madonna pop, Philip mm-hmm. Collins pop, Charday. Oh, so oh, she was so cute though, yeah. she was so hot. All right, Sharday, you know, with a little jazz influence, Duran Duran, the King's. The kings of the of the British uh, second invasion. Oh, you did a uh, kill. Yeah. number uh, one from uh, let's from see, the, Glenn
2: used in the 007 um. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, That's when 007,
4: 007 movies were the shit. Even Aha had a yeah. top ten album, I think. Uh David Lee Roth on the break on the on the heels of Van Hague on Van Hagar. So you had look, you have all this, you have the twenty-five or the top twenty, you have seven bands who are alt bands who Kept making music after, and say into the '90s, uh, that were you know that were cool, but then you had you had some stuff that's just strictly radio airplay. Suddenly, mm. life has no meaning mm-hmm. to me. I mean, Jesus, you know, the that's dulcet. not the dulcet tones of, dulcet actual, tones huh? of uh, yeah, that's that was always my problem. Uh, and I don't, and I gotta tell you something. Never ending story. I I ah! don't think I've ever heard that song. You've heard really?
0: it. You've heard it. Yeah. It's a very 80-ish oh. song. See, s- really yeah,
2: see H- Hector, if you would have if you would have been born in the seventies, you would like that album and that movie was was for a generation. That was yeah. that was the that movie was really the movie for Generation X and the, and the soundtrack. That
4: branding story. Of oh, yeah story?
2: Yep.
4: I mean Is, this... you... Yeah. I I never saw that movie.
2: Listen, to you know, this that... day, all you need to do is talk about Atreyu and the horse. And I, I just I got to go to a quiet place in the house and just, you know, re- reconfigure my emotional state because I still have I still have, uh, you know, uh, movie trauma from that uh, from that scene.
1: Wow.
4: Yep. Talk, talk about a band. And that's this is this is what let me see the date on this. Uh, What is the date on this chart? It I was, can't.
0: for it was, the date's not on air, but I will tell you, it was from this past week in 1985, so it was like that week of June 5th. All right, so when
4: does, where is Money for
0: Nothing? Comes is along a little this? later. Money for yeah, no- kind of, if you remember, it, it got that debut at Live Aid, and oh, then it went God, up the yeah. charts, and it, it, by August, and it hit it hit chart yeah, number.
4: Yeah, dire, dire Straits, I mean, it's funny, 85 yeah. to me was, the uh, Tears for Fears on the first half of 85 and Dire yep. Straits on the second half of night. Of
0: Absolutely. We, Dave and I were talking about some albums from 85 when we were doing the Phil Collins and Dave I think mentioned of I, I gave Dave a list of albums and I said which do you think was the best album of 85, you know, and, and that's when No Jacket Required came out but, but Dave said I remember you said Brothers in Arms. Dave said it right away. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it's great. Great album man. Yeah. And think great and album. you think
4: about Brothers in Arms an album such that album when what was what, what was the uh oh my god, I'm sorry, you know that I'm out of it today. What was it? The Knights of White Side and that's Star Straits, correct? Moody Blues. No, who's what's mm. the other which is the other the the, the big hit prior? They went years without a hit.
0: Oh, they I mean, had uh no, they had yeah. um, what do you call it? Uh, they had a huge hit right early on. Why, why am I not? Uh, Sultan's a Swing. When you oh, yeah, yeah. To swing. that's in the seventies. Oh, yeah. That was their first, that was on their debut album. Yeah,
4: yeah. For, I mean, you had years between those, those those number ones. You know.
0: Yeah. they Listen, they it
4: was it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good time for music. It was a bad. It was the best of times. It was the, it was worst, the worst times. Of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the problem yeah. is that you you just you know for you're like wow this is great oh this is this is yeah. garbage oh this is fantastic this is garbage we used to sit around and go who is listening to this I'm sure that somewhere i'm sure somewhere right. else somebody was saying who the hell is listening to this who are these tears for fear i'm sure there was a guy you know oh. some guy listening to wham telling me i can't believe he likes tears for fear I mean, my know, dad so, thought i was
0: nuts I mean? when i was telling him about this tears for fears band and how they're gonna go number one he's like you're nuts he's like this, oh this. what do you think of that yeah he's like it ain't yeah. happening he's like it never happened he goes just give it up he's like uh he goes, they're trying to be like Wham. That's what he said, actually. Wham, worked. Wham,
4: but there was Wham then,
0: UK before there was Wham. There was. Yep, but then they knocked Wham out of number one um, that, that year. And they all wanted to be Durendra. Yeah. But the interesting <laughs> thing on this chart, um, we'll get into it, is at number 17, and it's only been four weeks out, was Raspberry Beret. So this is when Prince was starting hey. to do the follow-up of Purple Rain. I know we're going to get into some of that on the show tonight. Right. So, Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well. Great song. Yep. Great song. Great song. Underrated album. Surgeon. Too.
1: Prince thoughts. Sure. Thoughts on Hector's well, obviously,
2: win. Obviously, uh, mad props to Hector Alfonso. Uh, all the pancakes You're there. for that win. Um, I I will say, uh, obviously, a, a massive misstep for me in in uh, what I thought would do well. Um, I would say that uh, Michael, unfortunately, wasn't even really competitive, um, and quite quite the shift of sort of musical genres for Metallica, which was my eighth seed, almost almost kind of a throwaway pick. Um, really dominating mm. all the brackets that I put it in. Um, right up, right, right And we talk about this right up until the final. I figured, well, it'll make it to the final, but then it's going to get beaten like right out of the stepchild. No, it was still, you know, I think, I think we finished, what, 60-40? I mean, that's yes. that's much better. It's
1: close, yeah.
2: I mean, look at that. Absolutely. I mean, Bon Jovi, listen. That was a great yeah. Bon Jovi album. And Crushed they, it. they just, that was a full-on throttling right there.
0: It was. <laughs> but, you know, I think the one thing is Master of Puppets uh, had a little bit. I think Metallica had some momentum. That they Ooh. hadn't had, um one is they had a new album coming out. The other I don't was like cigar. I don't and the cigar, cigar people, yeah, they had the cigar people. So cause last you know, I, I think that's what i think if Michael had put... uh I think if Michael was up against nine inch nails, he probably would have won that first round matchup at least. Yeah. It would have been very different. But he ran up against you know, Master Puppets turned out to be a juggernaut that went all the way to the final, so
2: Yeah. Which they got you hot
0: know, at is, time. is fair. Yeah. Sorry? They got hot at the right time. It, right time. We we made the comment, um, you know, Drew State had some changes in their marketing team right now. But, you know, we all know like Joe Grow and stuff who was working with them. I actually wondered it because I think, you know, if they had because they didn't have a digital marketing person following this, like maybe in the past. But if they did, I wonder if Metallica would have beat Purple Rain just with the Drew Ooh. State push. Because it, it was a clo- it, look. Look, it, in all do in all fairness to Hector, that was a very very close final that turned out. That final yeah. turned out to be much closer than anyone expected. Um, in fact, there was a point where it looked like Metallica might win it. Uh, towards in, in, in the final hours, and then Purple Rain had a final surge. I mean, look at
1: Purple Rain, just.
0: But like it, like when you won with um,
1: never mind Hector. It just like flattened everything. Yeah, it's a little tough. I mean,
0: close this so that Beastie, boys, that that Beastie, Beastie boys, boys matchup, on... I think, was the one again that yeah. could have went. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that impressive the... to
2: see Beastie Boys still have that much um clout, mm. you know?
0: Yeah. People love
4: the Beasties, man. hmm
1: They did. Uh Whereas you, Surgeon, you just cruised through into the final, just cruised.
0: It was a. Uh... That ZZ Top matchup—I don't think anyone saw that one coming. ZZ Top making the your bracket final,
4: yeah. Look at that 1986 style uh, right there. So, yeah, Peter Gabriel, what a great odd.
0: Well, it—it it was. Well, I mean, it made it made a good attempt. Uh, ran into ACDC was tough at that point. Um, uh, but yeah, the Beastie Boys. There was a point where we thought the upset might happen. I think with that one too.
4: Well had the Beastie boys beaten Purple Ring, they would not have
0: beaten Metallica. No, they wouldn't have beaten Metallica. They wouldn't have beaten Guns and Roses either, but Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm actually kind of surprised. I figured with with um ACDC having that much of a dominant sort of final bracket, I actually figured the A C D C Master Puppets Voting would have been a lot like I was thinking that was going to be Oof. about an eight percent split.
0: So I so I, that I was thought I might win it to
4: be honest with you. Money. Yeah, yeah, we, we just didn't get the Australia vote. We were expecting the Australia, <laughs> <win for laughs> the Australia. I know they yeah. just didn't I come know. out. I, that timeline, yeah. that dateline fucked everything, yeah, up. it
0: really oh, uh, that's
1: right. They're like, Oh, I'll vote, I'll vote on the last day. And they're like, Oh, I'm a oh, day oh, ahead. It was our the day the, ahead. Yeah. the <laughs> other,
0: the other interesting thing, which this really didn't come out, um, Metallica got. in the most votes overall. So what I'm saying is... Oh, did it? Metallica, in a lot of these matchups, there were a lot of voting that happened um, to begin with.
4: The consensus. The consent,
0: right, right. It was in the end (laughs) when it went head-to-head with... (laughs) But probably didn't have as many votes when you add up all the votes Mm. total. Mm. So... And you know what
2: I will say here, Coop, is that I know the Canadians didn't participate in voting because if they did, ACDC would have cruised because for Canada... Uh, for as long as I've been alive, ACDC has been huge in Canada. Like AC like, huh. I think they were playing ACDC at hockey games long before it became a thing in the States. Um, I don't think there's a band that like at that sort of level that's been more played in general radio play than ACDC. Like it is just such hmm. a soundtrack of Canada for me. Um, so I was really, really surprised that that wasn't closer.
0: Yeah, they were the one. Uh, they were the one non-US band to make the final four. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, Master. And by the way, all the other except for Master Puppets, which was an eight seed, all the others were one seeds. Um, so <laughs> you had some real, you know. And and Dave and I were doing something. We did a show and we looked at these four albums. And, we, and at the time, I think Dave and I said, really, any one of these four albums could win it. Uh, we knew that Purple Rain and Master of Puppets was probably a slight mm-hmm. favorite. But they were certainly capable of winning this thing. That mm. no, was good. Uh,
1: good final four there.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, so it was a great. I think it was a great run for Hector this year. Um, John, yeah, it was. I think Hector, you know, um, listen, you guys uh, are
4: you guys are fans. You guys are you guys are sports guys. Yeah. I how long did it take me to take Purple Rain after John picked Pr- up? <laughs> uh, he said, the, the Jets have
2: passed yeah, on Dan
4: Marino. Uh, yeah, he, he, he took thriller and I was handing I was handing Prince to the Commissioner. Go ahead. Please. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it we'll, were, take, we'll take Dan yeah, Marino. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Dan's
2: still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll take him.
0: yeah Yeah. but, uh, but you know, Dave and I we had done a few editions of this before you guys came on board and we saw certain voting patterns, right? And I think there was one year Michael Jackson went in there and I was like, he got smoked. I mean, mm-hmm. so a lot of it is our audience, too. And I don't think I, I, we talked about this. A lot of it has to but, do with who, who were yeah. who were who were pandering. Yeah. To. Yeah. But yeah. you go back 40 years ago, you go back to the 80s. I'm telling you, Prince at the time was a was not as like he, he was. People didn't. There were a lot of anti Prince people at the time.
4: It wasn't revered. Well, you wasn't, way of doing, it happened much Jeff later. He has a way of doing that to you. The, you
0: yeah, know. but the, I think the super. Well, I think there was two things. I think the Super Bowl performance and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance changed sure. people's minds, and then obviously he passed. So and the and there. the Atlas, the Atlas chaps also. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I also say that uh, you know uh, just to talk about the elephant in the room, Prince really hasn't done anything to sort of taint his his legacy, mm. right? Where Michael. Unfortunately, the longer his legacy went on, the darker and worse it got. And I think it just kind of mm. got to the point where, like, you know, uh some people, uh, like my wife, for example, she the art and the artist are kind of one and one. And so she doesn't separate those two things. I do, and I think for a lot of people, you know, they just they're like, Listen, Michael uh was not a good guy. He did a lot of bad things and uh we're well, not that's gonna vote we- for
4: yeah. Well, we talked about that when we were doing the draft. You say uh, how is Springsteen's Born in the USA album not not a huge album? Not, not how is that not not in contention? A lot of people don't like his politics. Yeah, U2 uh, is the same about, way. U2 is the same way. You know, he wants to be the yeah. pope, and I love U2. Yeah, I you would be hard pressed to find a bigger U2 fan than me. But I under I, I like I told Coop, I walk into shops when I'm on these trips. I hear the music that I hear. You know, I think a country band could have done better. Uh, you know, uh, you know what's, what's the guy? The guy with the hat that everybody loved, Garth uh, Brooks. Garth Brooks. If we could have thrown Garth Brooks in there, I'm sure he would have made it
0: at least a couple of rounds. Well, we were talking about Garth Brooks has one of the all-time diamond certification streaks of well, anybody. He's like the, like, yeah. sold the most albums ever. So. Yeah, he is really, he's a juggernaut. I mean,
1: I hear,
4: stuff. I hear country music. I don't hear a lot of Peter, I don't hear a lot of alt music. I walk into a shop and the only shop that plays the Smiths is the one that I asked them to play. <laughs> they don't play. You don't hear a lot of Smiths in there. You don't hear a lot of oh, Peter. Oh, you Peers. would. Or Peter no, Gabriel. Unless, unless Rosanna Arquette owns the shop. That's the only way that's no. going to happen.
2: I heard a great line the other day. Uh, Cause Michael Jordan, of course is, is making rounds right now with the, uh, with the air show, which by the way is great, great movie. Um, and they were sort of talking about like, Hey, you don't really hear Michael talk about politics. And somebody made this comment, and I'm like, "That is so shrewd They said, "Listen, there's a lot of different people that buy Air Jordans. Why would you open your mouth about politics?"
4: The comment is the comment that he that he made was. I mean, yes, you're right, but I think the specific comment is uh, the comment is uh, both Democrats and Republicans buy shoes. So I I got no, uh, yeah, no
2: comment. Yep,
0: yep, no comment. What
1: do you think of that guy? I don't have no comment on that. Yep. so, coop, do you have Prince thoughts? Thoughts on Prince?
0: Yeah, I'll just say a few thoughts here, um, and I'll go quick. Um, um, I think I talked about my first two points already about not Purple Rain wasn't as dominant as Nirvana and Prince, and Purple Rain had the det- detractors. Um, I'll mention we on uh, we have an album archaeology, show. we d- we do a deep dive breakdown of Purple Rain. Uh, easily the uh, album of the decade. Um, now, Prince would never do another Purple Rain album again. Like he, that was not the direction he went in after this album. There's a couple of songs that may be Purple rainish, but for the most part, he went into a psychedelic, a funk version, really defined his own sound eventually with the Minneapolis sound. And a lot of people at the time when Prince came out with the follow-up album Around the World today, they thought Prince was committing suicide with his career. Like, what, what is he doing? Why is he not sticking with the Purple Rain formula? It was so successful. And he didn't have as much success with some of those other albums. But eventually, I think it worked in his favor. Uh, it was the best thing he did. Uh, the other thing you look at is Prince really never took a break in his career. Like this guy never took a break. He did an album every year in the 80s. And I think most of the 90s he did an album, too. Um, how many and how many songs
4: did he did he write for other people? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of nothing
0: compares to you. Manic Monday, and,
3: you
0: know. And he, yeah, and he wrote them under pseudonyms a lot of times because he did he he didn't want to do like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Dave, like Phil Collins, was getting overexposed, right? So Prince was like also careful about that. So when he wrote uh, Manic Monday, it was under the pseudonym of Christopher, which was Christopher Tracy's Parade. So he he did a lot of things like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, with this Purple Rain album, if he didn't have Purple Rain, I don't know where he would have ranked historically in the music uh, uh royalty. I, I think he would have definitely been lower. Um, but he had that landmark album. But I and, think also,
4: you have to, I mean, I, I didn't mean to interrupt him. No, no, no. Go ahead. But when you have that kind of album, it's like, uh, for, and here's, I'll draw a parallel to it. Uh, He makes that album. The next album is whatever the fuck he wants to make because yeah. he already made his 50 million dollars yeah yep. you know uh i thought the i you know i i compare it the parallel to me is the joshua tree the joshua tree is a fantastic album yeah. cover to cover a fantastic album the next one rattle and snore not that good <laughs> rattle <laughs> rattle and like smell sn- ra- ra- rattle, oh, rattle oh, It's, it's rattle, oh that's
2: not a good album Angel that Balls is not oh no.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, But it's but the thing is, that album is tied into a movie. Did you that go was... see that movie? It was the best three saw... hours sleep I've ever had. My wife, had my no... wife, sleep during.
0: my wife did fall asleep during Ride right On Home. I think I've told that story. What? I
4: Ooh. woke up, I woke up when they did When the streets had no name,
0: fault, not mine.
4: When the streets had no name, if they went color for a minute, I was like, wow, this yeah. sounds great, and I went right back to sleep. All yeah, of bro. those, you know,
3: uh, listen, love...
4: there are a couple of good songs on there, but. You gotta. That just show, Sometimes when a musician comes out with an album like this, his it goes straight to his head, and he's like, "You know what I'm gonna do on this next album? Check it out. It's gonna be live and studio albums in it, and I'm gonna wrap it in with a movie." But he can get away with that because he sold 50 million albums, and he sold 500 thousand records. He can't go to the studio with that, and I think that's the yeah. same thing applies. Prince said, "This is what I want to do in my next album," and I'm sure the executives went, "Well, Prince, don't you want to follow? Uh, don't you want to do another Prince, uh, another Purple Rain type?" No, nah, man, the Prince you know, doesn't want to do that.
0: <laughs> you know, four of his albums in the '80s were tied with films. All right, uh, so, so you had these two. Yeah, you had you had Purple Rain, you had Parade, right. which was the Cherry Moon movie. Cherry Moon movie. You had the Batman soundtrack he did. Yeah, oh, but that, that's, that's right. but
4: he only, how many songs does he perform on that? Just one. The whole right? thing. He does, no, he most does, them, he does most... a,
0: yeah. Oh, that's right. The
4: Bad Dance. That was all. Awesome. The Bad, yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I really talk about Bad Dance, actually. We're talking about Bad Dance. Then, but that movie, and then, and then, then the timing of that, that Sign movie of the Times was, was a movie.
0: Sign of the Times was a concert movie, but it was a movie. Right. It was, I went to see it in the theaters. But, but it was no Purple Rain. No, it was a concert movie. It wasn't You're even right. a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, Under the Cherry Moon was no Purple Rain. I mean, I'll, a Decent movie. No, it was, the... and it did have Morris staying the time in it, right? Uh in not in Under the Cherry Moon, it had Jerome in it. The Jerome,
4: owned... oh, that's right. I love Jerome. Yes, yeah. Jerome.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah. When Jerome and they, when Morris and Jerome take take that like woman and they throw her in the garbage bin, it's it's one of the great scenes. uh in uh Dave, I know you haven't seen Purple Rain yet. You have to try to see it. What what, what? 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 No, what? I haven't seen
1: Purple Rain yet.
2: You have you have some uh, you have some movie homework. I think. Yeah, you oh, have yeah. to
0: watch it because next year is the fortieth anniversary. By tell the way,
4: tell me you saw you, you saw The Godfather, though, right? Oh
0: yeah.
3: Okay.
0: All right. Go. Yeah, Dave. You will. I'm telling you, you'll, you'll love you'll love Purple Ring just because of the Minneapolis scene. It's all filmed hey, in Minneapolis. Um, look, Sanford. I ain't gonna lie to you. When I was up when I was up in um, Minneapolis in April. I had the windows open and I'm driving down one of these long country roads with the with the lakes and I had to take me with you blasting. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> if I yeah. had a motorcycle, I would have rode a motorcycle, but did you think Apollonia
4: was gonna come out of there sometime? Uh, after I was ride, I was
0: winding or... up purifying myself in Lake Minnetonka, which I did drive past. There you go. Me. Yeah. Uh well my <sighs> next my next trip to Minneapolis, I am gonna go to Paisley Park. It's a little out of the way from where those guys were. Um Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, the other thing I'll just mention uh, for my songs tonight, I kept to the '80s theme, so I picked Prince '80s songs. Uh, is what I picked it. Some Purple Rain, some not.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get into the songs, man.
0: Yep. Let's
1: do it up. Let's have the Let's have the winner. The
0: champion. Give us one, Like,
1: give us a song. Give us the first song here.
0: Oh, hold on. We hold have them here if you need the order. Oh, I yeah. got, I got
4: them right here. I just got them. Right oh, got, I Do the I got. king, baby. Uh, let's see. <laughs> My favorite Prince song. And it's not. It's Little Red Corvette. My dad loved that song. Yeah, that's a great song. I like this little dirty connotation to it. You know, little
0: little sexual connotation to Which it. Which they cut out off the radio. They cut that part off of the radio. Course, course, of course, they did. Of course, yeah, the they album was. cut is what you want to hear. of This song. Tipper yes. Gore was tipper I mean, was insane listen, she was all over the place it was
2: crazy like you you Girl know
0: oh got an ass oh. like i've never seen Ooh,
4: yes little red corvette mm-hmm. that's that's my so you just want one of them right now right there yeah that's
1: my yeah. That's, oh yeah that's, that's my favorite that's a great song yeah like I, I guess said. a little
4: uh
2: little uh, i was because i also had that on my list and so one of the little tidbits uh mm. <laughs> they were talking about how did he come up with that well Prince, as was Prince's tradition, was getting a little busy in the backseat of a car. The car was he borrowed Lisa's car, and Lisa's like, "What are you doing with my car, man? You're getting it all filthy." And he's like, "You know, I don't want to. I really like your car." And uh, <laughs> so he's getting busy in the backseat, the '64 Mercury Montclair with Denise Matthews, and that's where apparently he came up with the uh, the idea for that for that track.
0: Oh, nice. So I clarity. mean. The song is about a one night stand with a promiscuous oh, woman. That's what this song's about, right? Um, the guy, there's another guy on this uh, from the Revolution, and he had left before Purple Rain, even though he has a, he has a one song in Purple Rain. Des Dickerson. Oh, uh, he Des does, Dickerson, right? The, his uh, guitar solo is killer in this song, by the way. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. He's the guy who wears the uh, the the Japanese Red Rising Sun bandana,
3: right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has and he has one song in Purple Rain. He is in Purple Rain, but he had just. At that time, he had split off from Prince. At that point, but they still let him part of the movie. But he's a big part of 1999, that song too. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm. But his guitar solo is killer in this song. Mm.
1: What do you What do you got, Surge? As the runner up, I, I, I was
2: su- I was surprised because I was trying to make my list. And I was going. Th- I mean, I, I listened to more Prince this week than I think I've listened to in the past decade. Uh, and the one track that I, 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 sure, I was sure it was on somebody's list, and I didn't want to take it when Doves Cry wasn't on the list. And I'm like, what? What? Well, um, yeah. I mean, you know, first Wait. of all, because you guys were talking about like Prince as an artist versus kind of Michael. Listen, Prince's guitar solo at the beginning of that song, I, I don't know if you know mm. if you're ranking guitar solos or guitar intros, that is probably one of the most iconic intros it's just it's it's crunchy it, it's almost reminiscent of hendrix um it's just such a great intro to the song um and it might, maybe it's because it's a little overplayed right like that's one of those songs where mm. there's a time where you probably couldn't go through four days without that song being on on radio play and so maybe three
4: or four hours you're gonna go
2: without three, three. four hours
3: yeah, yeah
2: but but you know what that's a great that's a great track it's just it you know, I think it's one of those tracks that was on the album, and you're like, you know what this this track is its own thing. It's not a derivative of any other uh, song that's on the album, um, and it wasn't on our list. So I was like, yeah, that's gotta be my number oh, one.
1: That's a great song. I mean, that's it's probably one of my favorite it, songs. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, there's another song on yours and Hector's list, and or your list and my list that. Um, That we'll talk about, but I think the thing is too, like people forget how great of a guitarist he was. Like he was an excellent guitarist, and a lot of those songs on Purple Rain wasn't just a vocalist, you know? Like,
2: like no offense to Michael, great vocalist, (laughs) but like Prince, Prince also played piano, right? Like he had some piano solos. Oh, we'll get there. Like you know, like that's. As an artist, there's not a lot of artists out there that are that talented at that different that many instruments, as well as being no. the front man for the for the, for the, for the revolution. Yeah. You know what I'm
0: there's no bass line in this song, which is an amazing mm. thing. Oh, so there was that. a bass line, because I've, I've read about this, and I think we may have talked about this on the last show, but I guess Prince was talked into removing the bass line. Um, and you know, it works. I think it works really well. If you see where they place this song in the movie, it's at like the turning point of the movie. I think it fits very well. It was, it was, and he was asked to write this song to fit at that scene in the movie. Um, so it, uh, you know, I, I remember it was overplayed and here's the thing. This song came out before the movie. This song actually came out before the movie. I never got tired of this song being played. I mean, I gotta be honest with you; it's a it's a great song. I think it's easily one of the best records of the uh, of the eighties. Um, and again, you want to hear the album cut of this; you don't want to hear the radio edit because yeah. the, the album cut has a nice instrumental that kind of wraps up the song. Another it's like another minute long. Well, let's go to you, baby, Coop. What do you got? Um, I started, and what I did is I picked. I went to the eighties and I did six albums, one song from each album. So I went to the 1999 album and the song is let's pretend we're married. So this is the one deep cut I went with here. Uh, So the 1999 album has songs. that I think people know delirious little red Corvette, 1999. This was actually the fourth single that came out and it was what, it didn't get as much uh, charting of it, but it was really, really good. And when you listen to this song, okay. Um, this, you could see where Prince was starting to go, maybe, with Purple Rain. It's got this funkish vibe. It's got some guitar, and it just kind of was Purple Rain-esque. It kind of reminded you there. And, man, there's some explicit lyrics in this song. Um, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. definitely uh, – this definitely had a rattle uh, old tipper up real good um, with this. Uh, with this, There are some, like uh, – like I said, it it's uh especially the last part of the song where it's like you know goes there's lyrics in there, I'll just read them because this is we're we're not regular here I want to fuck you so bad it hurts it hurts it hurts uh I sincerely want to fuck the taste out of your mouth. What I mean, is that? Uh, Peter Peter's, Peter's part of the apostles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is um
1: this is some
0: serious. I mean, in that part, of course, was, that last part was edited out uh, when it was released. I think on radio. Um, yeah, it but it's a it's actually when musically it's a really good composition he wrote here. Um, and I think 1999, which I know Dave, you're gonna talk about towards the end of the show. Uh, this is a cut, uh, this is the one deep cut I went with. The rest I think everyone will know, but this cut is a good, good song. So,
1: no, great song, yeah. Good, uh, I I have a song that coot that uh Hector has kicking it off, and that's uh Kiss. From what under the cherry song. moon in uh, nineteen eighty six. I love the song. I love. Well, I like his vocal on it, and he's got this like warped out guitar on it that I really like. It's a great song.
4: Yeah,
0: it's it's I love a, song. it is a really good song, and li- and it's nice to see Wendy and Lisa again. That would yeah. That was about the end of Wendy and Lisa after that album. That was yeah. the last album they were on. Mm. Where's Where's the surgeon at? I mean, not that surgeon. Doctor
4: the Doctor John, you really missed the boat not dressing like the surgeon. Yeah,
2: that's true.
4: Had you worn the scrubs, it would have been all over. It would have been lights up, He was the
0: keyboard lights player, it, uh, a very, very. uh, uh he I was looking, part of that band, by the way. And so. I was
4: looking online for that little doll, that little pop-up doll that he plays with when he's being right. a pr- when he's being a prick in the movie because <laughs> he was a very unlikable
0: character in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he really yeah, was. He was. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know who covered this song, right? Yes. No. Uh, a few bands did, but there was two I could think of that are popular.
4: Uh, wait a minute. Wasn't it Motley croup No, I don't. I can't remember. I know somebody oh God! Called. I hope
0: not. Uh, <laughs> well, the one everyone—the one that became probably the biggest hit was Tom Jones. Okay, oh, wow. interesting. And, and Art of Noise also did it. Right, the Art of Noise did this. Yep. Wow. Tom Jones. Yep. Tom Jones is
4: yeah,
2: cool. Was a, how was did pimp. their how did their covers compare, right? Because that's always the thing of like, mm. did you improve upon the original material? Or I, I don't were... think
0: so. I I think they, they were admirable covers, but I think what Prince did with the whole falsetto, uh, it's yeah. almost acapella. You can make an art. It's not pure acapella, oh. but um, it's such a good song. And I don't know. This was on the Parade album, but it was not used in the movie, from what I remember. Right. Um. I don't I think they included it was it was put on the album, but I don't remember hearing this in the movie. So good. Yeah. Um, hmm.
1: Hector, what's another song you got? I stole one from you, unfortunately. Yeah,
4: it's OK. Uh, but listen, uh, how how are we not going to steal music from each other? It's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> so I uh, you said I said kiss. You said kiss. And the first the, the first song that exposed me to Prince was "I Want to Be Your Lover." I want to be your
3: lover.
0: Mm-hmm. That was a great song, big dance, big, and it was a big song in New York. It was popular because it was in the dance club yeah. scenes. Yeah, so exactly. I remember that song getting out of airplay in New York. Actually, at the time,
4: yeah, it was a it's it was a very big song here as well because there there is a you know there's a dance scene here. So uh, yeah, it, it, it was very big. It was, it's it's such a departure. Uh, well, it, he departed so much from from this when he did, you know, when 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 Purple Rain came around. But it's still, a great song. I mean, and this is the, the this is nineteen seventy nine, if I'm not mistaken, right? Seventy nine or seventy eight? Yeah, seventy nine.
0: So it was is, the Prince Eponymous album. So this yeah, yeah. this
4: this happened, and that's one of my favorite words, by the way, Eponymous. Uh, you see this, you hear this on seventies show on seventies networks. You'll hear like a 70 station and then all of a sudden there's a prince. It's got an r
0: group. Yeah, it's got that very r and
4: But you think about it, he has music that covers five decades. Ago.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's insane. That That's truly insane. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a huge song. In 1978, I was 12 years old. So I was still, uh, I mean, I like the idea of wanting to be your lover. I just had to read up on exactly what I had to do. <laughs> yep.
2: There was no internet.
1: There was no internet. Yeah. There was no internet. Ah, oh, great song. S- Surgeon, dive into the what do you got?
2: Yeah, I went with something a little different. I went with Controversy, which is off the same titled album from 1981, I think. You know the fourth album, yep. Yeah. H- Hector had a good point that I I I think this is one of those bridge out al- bridge albums, and it's a bridge sound going from that sort of uh funky late 70s disco into the sort of more You know, poppy 80s. And I feel like this was that good combining those two sounds into something compelling and interesting. And and it was a good bridge sound between the late 70s and early 80s. And and you listen to it and you're like, you know, it's Prince. It's just got Prince's fingerprints, these dirty little hands all over it. And you're like, yeah, that's Prince. You know, it's just got his sound. You wouldn't mistake it for anybody else. Um, and I think it's kind of a little bit of a sleeper song because maybe lost a little bit in the early 80s shuffle.
1: No, good. Tra- good track. Coop. What well, do you, what do
0: you got? Another deep cut. I don't, um, uh, I would say it's a deep cut, but it's a purple rain cut. Um, but I think most people have heard of this song. I know Hector, we were talking about this I think, right before either, either in the green room or at the beginning of the show. Uh, and it's the beautiful ones. What a great song. Now, nobody yeah, – oh, absolutely. Nobody plays the jilted lover better than Prince in his music. I mean, that's just – Chintz has played yeah. that jilted lover a the, lot. The original
2: Taylor Swift.
0: Yeah, and – and and <laughs> But, and, hey, but and, he and, won't and, write a song yeah, about you, though. And, Dave, you haven't okay. seen the movie. It's the most emotionally charged scene of the movie. It's a love triangle scene. It's going on uh, in the movie, so it's perfect for this. But apparently there's a real story behind this, right? Um, in that Prince wrote this song, uh, for someone by the name of Susanna Melvoin, who is uh Wendy's sister, and Prince was trying to basically woo her away from her current boyfriend. Um, and that's supposedly what this is about. Other people say this was also about vanity, uh, you know, and this is about in the time he was splitting with vanity. So, um, but but I guess Prince's manager, Susan. Rogers has said no. It's definitely about Wendy's sister, is the one that okay. says it here. Um, and you know, there's a lot of symbolism. I talk about purple rain I, in the show, but you know, you you see that whole symbolism used in the lyrics. Paint the perfect picture, bring to vision, bring to vision one's mind. The beautiful ones always smash the picture. So these metaphors he's using uh, in the music. Um, I was surprised this never got released as a single. I thought for oh, sure it was a, a long little,
4: song. It was a Six minutes. Long. About
0: six minutes long. Yeah. And they don't cut it in the movie, by the way. They use the full six. Well, minutes. well, they needed They needed that.
4: for them. But, you know, we grew up, sadly, in that three minute and 26 second. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, short frame, you know, yeah. Short attention but, but, span music theater. But I think people will say, you know, obviously, there's the hit songs off of Purple Rain. But it's songs like this. It, like, people know this song. Uh, even it though it didn't make the radio, Because so many people bought this album, they knew this song. So it's not an unknown song to people. Like maybe my first one I'll say is much more of a deep cut. This one, I think people do know this song um, and they remember that scene. You, that scene in the movie is very vivid. Uh, so you don't sure. forget that scene when it happens.
1: Dave? I got a track that people already talked about because I because Prince had a very busy '80s. He had all the records. He made music for Batman, which Coop will get into, and Coop, uh Hector. He's taught He's writing songs too. So I got Manic Monday because he has an originals compilation. Yes, oh. where he does the versions of all these. Yeah. Um, and this is on the Bangles, Different Light in 1986, and then he did. Like you were talking about Hector, he did nothing compares to you now. That release is a ninety.
4: What a like great a what, what a great song. A yeah, song awesome. so, so a good a song so good that it would make you want to put one in Sinead O'Connor. That's uh, how good that song was. We, but we, but we, Prince's version is uh, better.
0: I'm gonna say Prince's version is a lot better.
4: Make you you want he wanna, he he let, yeah. Make you want to bump up with Sinead O'Connor. That song was so damn good. <laughs>
2: I'm saying with, with Sinead, the bald Sinead, or the Sinead with hair. It,
4: it was bald Sinead already. It was
0: bald Sinead. Yeah, she had the little uh, peach fuzz going on. Mm. <laughs> when
4: she it was, comes uh... to ball, when it comes to ball chicks, it's Sinead O'Connor, Persis Cambada, and Will Smith's wife. <laughs> but make sure he doesn't walk <laughs> up on me. Want to slap you the shit out me? Ready. All right, you better I'm gotta be ready, to...
0: Yeah.
1: But it's a it's a. I mean, but I guess it's just like he's he's just so. Uh, Put music out everywhere, writing it, playing it, movies. Like his eighties was just crazy. He, he went he, through.
4: He went through an incredible period of
0: uh, uh, just very productive. He had, I think, I thirteen mean, or fourteen years in a row with an album. It was insane. I think from seventy eight to like ninety three, ninety four, an album every year he came out with. He did not take a break. This guy, but he had a lonely life too, didn't
1: he?
0: Yeah. He did, I, but it, but he did what he loved. I mean, he loved. me. He, I mean, and there's stories in the vaults at Paisley Park. He's got music. I think there's more music oh, yeah, that, that were eventually time. get released. Yeah.
4: Uh, is he gonna go all two pack on us and put out albums ten years after he's been dead? Are we talking about? I I
0: I believe he will. Yeah.
4: Oh my god.
1: All right. Back to you, Hector. What do you got?
4: Well, you know how they say there's. Uh, <laughs> I think we already we already talked about Raspberry Beret, didn't we? No, we did not. oh well, hell, oh, Raspberry Beret. Right
1: nice, I, it's I a catchy, track. it's a catchy,
4: jingly song. Yep.
1: In the oh, fire 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 fire
3: fire fire in a second, it's
1: so like a perfect pop song. That song, it is a perfect
4: pop song, absolutely. You know what? You you hit it right on the head. It's a, it's a perfect pop song,
3: absolutely. If, if a perfect, I'm sorry, if, if you're
2: doing it, if you're doing a uh, a uh, road trip track, that would have to be. On like that's yeah. the moment Damn. where you know you, you've been yeah. you've been driving for four hours, you know it little pick me up, right? Bring that energy level back up. Raspberry Beret, absolutely. Right back there,
4: traveling. It's part of your traveling soundtrack. Oh. it's a perfect song. It's catchy. Yeah. It's short. It's jingly. Yep. It's great a, hook it's it's, it's great hook. You know, and it's Prince being Prince. You
0: know, mm.
3: that's it, a good song.
0: You know, when you hear that intro to the song with the drums, it it almost at the beginning... This was the first single after Purple Rain. I said, right, maybe he's kind of going to... It sounds like he's picking up what Purple Rain was. Then it just goes in a different direction. And I think the big thing about this song is the uh, this album Around the World in the Day is the incorporation of psychedelic music into this, right? Now, Dave and I just did a show on Revolver by the Beatles, right? And I couldn't help but think that Prince was influenced, especially when we're going back to look at the show. I couldn't help believe that Prince was not influenced by that album. I, I believe mm. he incorporated a lot of elements, the psychedelic music in there. Um, there's a whole psychedelic vibe on it. Maybe not the LSD trips, right? But um, you <laughs> well. know, even using some. I, mean, I talked a lot about Revolver how how they the Beatles were using character names like Eleanor Rigby and Father McKenzie, and in this song you have Mister McGee and Old Man Johnson, right? kind of reminded me of that as well so i'm, I'm glad you brought that up And
4: I, I before we close the show i'd like to I, I i remind me just bring up that note again before you bring the show about the name about revolver
0: about Revolver. sure absolutely yeah. so i think there was some i mean and and it just seemed like a lot of the there was a lot of stuff on this album uh you know we talked about tax man on revolver and i'm digressing and i'm sorry mm-hmm. Uh, you have a song called "America" on this album too, so I, I thought Revolver influenced this a lot, right? Uh, but this was one of the more radio-friendly w- versions of this, uh, kind of like uh, "Good Day Sunshine," maybe you know. Yeah. Um. So it, it's an interesting song, and by the way, this song did make it to number two. But you look at the competition; mm. it was up against an '85 tough competition. Yeah. And by then, I think some of the radio stations realized they were playing Prince too much and wanted to play other en- stuff. Enough, for, enough for, for the Prince. Prince already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I-
1: but it was funny when you were talking Surgeon about like what musician you think of that could play as many instruments well and still like carry the vocal. And the person I thought of was McCartney. Like the only, Ooh. that's the only other person I can think of. Yeah. Because yeah. he yeah. had albums where like he played all the instruments. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, it, yep. but
3: I,
2: I don't think Prince gets the same accolades no. that McCartney does. No. You know what I mean? Like, and, he, and he doesn't. No. As we've done this, reflecting on that, it's like Prince is, you know, Rated correctly for a lot of things, but I think in terms of, you know, his his raw musical skill, probably underrated.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, I've kind of looked back at uh, this album that's on uh, Around the World of the Day, and I look at it so different now. Because I did consider it kind of a disappointment compared to Purple Rain. Right. But um, yeah. when I look back at what he did, it was a masterpiece he did with this album. It really, really is a good album. But it's completely different than Purple Rain.
2: Well, when you can when you can kind of look back now and you can kind of appreciate, you know Yeah appreciate the album for what it was and it, you know, with some with some time and some experience yeah. of, of music and say, like, you know what, that's
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. even on the album cover, that? they have a woman wearing like they have different characters that represent each of the songs and there's a woman on the album cover with a Raspberry Color beret on it. It's kind of Oh, yep. you so go. you look at it. The album cover is pretty cool. What
1: do you got, Serge?
2: Uh kind what of a little have? fun one. Uh it's amazing how many of these tracks came off the Purple Rain album, and I wasn't mm. attending that at all, but let's go crazy. Um, I mean oh. again, got a lot of radio play, so maybe people are a little sick of that. But man, you know, again, talking about like road trip songs, if this comes on in the car. Nobody in the car is not moving around. Everyone's throwing their limbs and shaking their head. Yeah, let's go crazy. Do, 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 do,
1: do, do, oh, do, do. one of the you best opening tracks move. of all time. Oh, absolutely. Best opening track of all time. Yeah. Oh. Just, just
2: the energy level. Um, nice. you know, not overly long. Great, great, uh, you know, again, it's that poppy sound, but without sort of being uh, you know, too, I don't know. There's so many pop songs from the 80s where I'm like, you get halfway through it and you're like, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough already. Yeah. This isn't one of those songs for me.
1: His like evangelical minister intro is Ooh. amazing.
0: Which, I which I think that. he, I think he was inspired by George Clinton with that too. Oh, so yeah. So good. Um, but I really enjoy the, the full version, which is on, uh, if you get the deluxe version of Purple Rain, you get the version from the movie where it has that jazzy interlude going mm-hmm. on. So that's another like seven minute, it's a seven minute version, but that jazzy interlude is really cool. Um, and there's a, the lyrics are so deep in this song. I mean, uh, it, it's really about uh, life and the battle against evil. Uh, you know, they talk about the elevator is representing the devil. Uh, the purple banana. You know, Prince looks at purple as a color of royalty, uh, but he also looks at it as uh, a symbol of salvation, so that's what the purple banana represents. Um, A lot of... Just just a great, great track, and this is what they were using for the trailer of the movie. They were playing this song. Mm. When the trailer of the movie was hitting, this was the song they used, and then all of a sudden this song becomes the second single of Purple Rain, and it goes into the Stratosphere at number one as well.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: I mean it was the right it was the right time too. I mean, you know, eighties was very heavy pop, and this was this really capitalized at the time where people were just eating this stuff up, and so yeah, Mm -hmm. making a single out of this makes complete sense because it's you know, just you just money at that point.
0: Great
1: track, great guitar track too. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Coop, what you got? So I'm back to around I'm still on around the world in a day. Uh, but Hector this is my here. only song I picked from. But I picked. I'm glad Hector picked "Raspberry Berries." Pi I wanted to pick "Pop Life," which was the second single off there. Now, a lot of people don't notice this song was actually recorded before "Purple Rain" was recorded. So this is a song that Prince had in the archives for a while. He shelved it for this album. Um, and again, you listen to this song. I revolver screamed at me with this album. Um, lyrically, the song's about basically dealing with the uh, stress of being a celebrity. Ah, uh, including how some of the stress leads to drug use. So again, with that, Ooh. um, and there's a lot of like improvisation in this song, right? Particularly at the end, like you guys, I don't know if you remember the song. At the end, they include uh, like sounds from a boxing match, right? And then there's like this restless crowd, and then uh, the story behind the restless crowd was, I think people may know the story that when Prince opened for the Rolling Stones, he got booed off stage. Um all yes. oh, right supposedly that restless crowd was that Prince took a recording from one of those concerts and put it into this song. And that's the same restless crowd. Mm. So, um, like I said, it was a really, uh, I think this song by this point, maybe it was a top 10 song for Prince. It's not as well remembered, you know, you gotta remember Prince for three or four years was doing all these chart-topping songs. I think this one gets a little forgotten about, but it was still a top ten song, and and again, still a really cool song. He did this; he's done this song live a lot too. People don't may forget that, uh, but I think this is a I think it's better as a studio song. I'll be completely honest with you, kind of like right. again going back to Revolver, which was better as a studio album. This this kind of was like a similar analogy. That's why I kept going back after having Revolver fresh in our minds. Making these analogies here.
1: Mm. Nice, Dave. Uh, I'll be interested to hear more. Of the I, I want to hear Hector's revolver talk. I'll be
0: interested yep. to hear that. Yep, well, too. Um,
1: I went deep cut. So, this is off of a record that came out after his death, called "Piano and a Microphone," nineteen eighty three, and it's just it's a seventeen days demo. So what he would do is he would, because he had a studio like in his house, he would go there and just record. So that's why the vault is like hundreds of hours of music. And there's this, it, the the uh, piano and a microphone, he sits down at a piano and just goes through these songs from 17 Days till he does, I think, um, Case of You by Joni Mitchell and like just bits of all these songs, just him at a piano. And while I love it, is it gives like you a glimpse into like his creative process. Right? So he just gets in there, gets on a piano, and just starts going. Like different versions of songs, trying out different genres. He'll go from like, you know, he'll go from this song to Joni Mitchell to he does like this improv kind of jazz blues song called Cocaine and Coffee and like just testing out vocals, testing out stuff. So I don't know, I think it's cool. To see how such a great artist, like, get a glimpse into what their creative process is like. Um, so, yeah, check that record out. I mean, to call it a record is kind of, it's like a five song, maybe Maxine, like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But you get this idea of, like, it's just Prince, one day in 1983, sitting down, trying stuff out on the keyboard. It's really cool
0: um, just to see what that process is like. So, so check it start- out the story with this song was, it was actually the B-side of One Does Cry. Um, and it actually it has a weird name. The, the, the official name of this song is 17 Days, and then in parentheses, the rain will come down, then you'll have to choose if you believe to uh, if you believe look to the dawn and you shall never lose. That's actually the name of that. It was uh, short, obviously, the second very, very
3: catchy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not,
0: that's um, no this is cover. why I didn't like Prince. All right, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, it was intended for Vanity 6, this song. This was supposed to be a song for Vanity 6. Apollonia comes in, and Prince says, I don't think he can pull this song off. So he records this song, and then it's put uh, um, as the B-side. Very yeah. popular. Again, if you've gone to Prince concerts, he loves doing He did this right up until the end. I mean, this song was always, always a, a a fan favorite. Um, and because it was a B-side, of when doves cried, the disc jockeys would play it. So it got some, some definite... Um, some uh, different things in there, so uh, by the way, and Dr. Fink is a co writer of this song, he's listed. All right, yeah, wow. So, I did some notes on this. Yeah, Dr. Fink, along with Lisa and Wendy and Prince, are the co writers of this song. Lisa and Wendy were cause... just
2: hanging out on the piano top, and uh, they were, the... yeah,
0: well, you know, yeah. he doesn't like to give credit, so I mean, that must be a big deal, yeah,
4: that is true. Um, I think that
0: was a little blown out of proportion, to be honest with you. I think if he felt he did the work, he wanted to take credit. But if he felt someone contributed, so it's somewhere in between. I I don't think he tried to. T- I think I think he just didn't want to give someone like credit for a song if they wrote like one or two words. That's what was my understanding about it. Um, and I you know I see that go on in like my day job. People want credit for a sales deal and they took one phone call. You know. So, oh, bro. brother. No, brother.
4: Brother, please. Yeah. Well, you know, Blank, you know what about Blank,
0: You know what about. Yeah, Blank.
4: Oh, Blank. I, <laughs> oh, That's my right. I said hello. I guess. My yeah. Guy yeah. To Hector knows yeah. this one. Whoa, I'm back. T- I'm back in the lab. I picked sample A. Get out of here. With that <laughs> shit. Okay. You you,
0: you hand selected the tobaccos. <laughs> like, fuck out of here.
2: I told you that was a good tobacco, man. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So sorry about I I, I sorry I derailed you, Dave, on that. Hey, no man. Okay. We're we're,
1: we're heading into we're heading to Hector anyway.
4: Well, every song everybody has a soundtrack when they're walking. When oh, I'm walking, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the soundtrack that I hear. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I That's love great that song. song. That's right. I, it's a
0: good song. That That's a song, '90s song. That's a '90s track now too.
4: It is a '90s track, and uh, I just I. I not to re- reveal, not to reveal too much, but that that song was used for for some picking up. Let's just put it that way. That song was used oh, to. I hope so. In momentos of Amore. So uh, yeah, it's, that that song was that song was all that I had in a bag of chips when it came out. You know, so that's that's that was a great song. Like I said, oh. I'm I'm more of a Prince opportunist than I am a dead that you know. Dead, dead fan, but I. There are some stuff that he makes They it's made that. Right. It's a that's one, classic. It's, it's, a, it's
0: a great song.
4: Yeah, it's it's that's a, great. And only he could sing that. Winter oh,
1: yeah. Quintessential
0: yeah. Prince was what came to me when you said that. Yeah.
4: Only he could get away with singing oh, that
1: song. Oh, right. Yeah. It, uh, oh. So this is with the new Power Generation. This track. Right. Right. Um, and this comes after. Well, I'll talk about it a little bit. But he had this like born again Christian phase where he didn't make that kind of music anymore.
4: Right. And this right. was like
1: after that. Yeah. So he did that for a while. He's like, nah, I gotta go back to and There's no money. There, there's here. no
4: money in salvation. There's right. no money in salvation. So yeah. It's
1: all about the same, baby. So this is where he comes back to the prince we know and love. When does he does when is he just the symbol? Is this around, around this 90- after this? Oh, or,
4: uh ninety four ninety five, yeah, because that yeah, yeah. we went
1: so after we, this,
4: we went when I was uh my my second wife and I went to glam slam which was his club here in miami all right it it had the symbol on it it had the it had the symbol yeah yeah i never got the glam slam yeah it was uh it was the old 1235 which was a very uh a very very popular club here for for youngins i was only 26 back then so oh no wait a minute no 94 i was already 28 i was a little but still great great club and uh, he spent a lot of money uh, putting that club together, but uh, yeah, it was around that time frame, ninety-two to ninety-four, because I I didn't do much clubbing after that.
1: So. <laughs> oh, that's a great song, great pick, surgeon How are you gonna follow that up? Oh, what's your? A... Uh... Oh, well, it's, a not, it's not. A good oh,
2: here we go. It's not a you good got but. Uh, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good, uh, duet, you know, and, and we are kind of talking about how, you know, he's, he's working with other artists and this is one of those ones that really, really worked with Shane Easton. Uh, you got the look, Ooh. uh, from Sunday, oh, yeah. 1987, you know, uh, uh before Prince kind of got a little into the, you know, I'm the artist kind of thing and he's still ah, worked ah. with other people um and i mean the, the 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 energy in the song was really good i mean the energy in the song was so good that for years and years and years and years people were like oh yeah prince and sheena easton that's what i thought the like, energy
4: was so good that he must have been they must have been bumping ugly but i don't yeah. i don't know and, if that's true or not Come
2: no on. i i mean the, the rumors went on for i want to say eight or nine years and sheena like was mm-hmm. constantly being asked about it and she's like look we're just two artists, and like, sure you are, Sheena, and she's like, no, and nothing happened. It's Like, yeah, okay, nothing happened. We 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 saw that. We saw the video. We we know, but she denies it. She denies yeah. it to this day. So yeah,
0: that video was from that um concert film I was talking about, right? Um, but you know, Prince, you know, Sheena was the sweet girl, like uh, yeah. Morning Train, right? And then she comes out with this song a couple years before. It is called Sugar Walls, and you know who wrote yeah. that song, right? Prince Prince, so he he was like, maybe it's like he was responsible for this like transformation. Yeah. How she just became this like sultry, you mm. know, like this from the timid girl to the aggressive girl. And this song, she plays the aggressive girl so well. Like, if you watch that yeah. video from the movie, like Don just talked about,
4: oh, who's uh, that reminded me of what that girl did in the 2010s. What was the girl who did, who did the song with Timberland? Uh she isn't she Australian? She did a song with Timberland and uh, all her stuff before was real sweet. And then she does this really oh. aggressive cut with Timberland. Uh, oh it'll come to me. I'm sorry. It'll come. You guys continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just have
0: one of those moments, one of the segue moments. Boys versus girls in the world series of love. Just a, just a just a great girl. I when John, you said you picked this track, I, I had a big smile on it. Uh I was almost picking this track too, so this was good. Ooh yeah what a track very hmm. right, cute oh. all right I'm going Nellie, back to I'm Nelly. I'm, N-
4: I'm sorry Nellie, Furtado. Nellie, Nellie oh, Furtado. yeah yeah yes. Like brother, yes
0: yeah right good good one Hector nice and sweet and all of yeah. a sudden she's putting That's it right. on you with, Just, with Timberland yeah yeah,
2: yeah where would this yeah. come from
0: yeah Damn. uh I picked yeah. mountains uh this was from the parade album it was in the under the cherry Moon movie it was used in the Scrolling credits. Uh, it had more of a uh under the Cherry Moon had this very depressing vibe. The most of that uh and the album had a depressing vibe. This was a little more upbeat. Uh it's one of the few tracks from this album that used guitars. And <laughs> there was not a lot of guitar work on that parade album. Uh Falsetto Falsetto's fantastic. If you get the 12-inch version of this, there's some great horn uh interlude they have in there. Uh, but this really was the last single for all practical purposes of the Revolution. This was the Revolution Swan song. Um but what was interesting is when they did the Grammy tribute to Prince, the Revolution reunited and performed this song that night. Because mm. I think the Revolution is very strong on this song. So um but yeah, Mountains, a I think another underrated song. I think it did make the top ten as well for Prince. But it was the okay. song calling kiss. This, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: This is my last song because of the double ups. Yeah. And this song you can't find it on Spotify, but you can easily find it on YouTube easily. Um and it's called All One Word, Super Funky Califragus Sexy is what it's called.
3: Hmm.
1: And it and it's this is I love the story behind this album, which is why I picked this song. It's a great song. It's off of his black album in nineteen eighty-seven. So what happened was he released this album that in the press release was called uh The Funk Bible. And it was a follow up to Sign of the Times. And he sent out promos of it to like, you know, radio stations and stuff. And it just had a black cover. And uh so they're playing it, listening to it, and then all of a sudden Prince is a born again Christian. He's like, I don't want any of that music out, and so he pulls it. He like stops the sale of the record. And it's and like and so, it's been around as like this bootleg. So, what I've seen copies of this sold, like copies of this vinyl sold between two thousand and some fifteen thousand dollars for this what? for this wow.
0: vinyl. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. This uh. Um, it so was just, yeah. Was a- this was the black album that was this not is the black released. Album. but at the time the black album wasn't officially released. Yeah. No, it was just promos to like yeah. record stores and stuff. But then so he didn't destroyed, make it to the final he, it didn't make it to the final black album, right? Oh did it? Yeah, so so he destroyed all the like copies of it and
1: everything. So you can get the black album now, which is just that promo. It's like a eight song, seven song promo. Yeah, it's
0: not what it was, final. yeah.
1: So, but he destroyed all of it because he was born again Christian. And he said, not get that all out. And, uh, but it's a phenomenal song. It's a great funky record. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, so you can find it on YouTube.
0: Like I said, quite easily. You know, the Black Album was supposed to follow Sign of the Times. Yeah. And then all this went down and then Prince decides to put out, he said, I got to put an album out. So he puts out this terrible album. Love sex. terrible, love sexy. Well, because of and it they, was he should never he, put it. That's why he should not have put an album out at that point. Because he, he burnt this album. Yeah, he had he brought, an album ready to go, and then he yeah, torched to it. We were all waiting for this album to come out because this was a big, big sign of times. Was a big album for him, double album, and this was going to follow it up. Yeah, and it was yeah.
1: But talking to Hector's point about like being big enough that you can just demand whatever album you have, like. Can you imagine yeah. going to a record store or going to a company where the record's pressed does, right? Like it's bad. good. I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to do that one.
2: I mean, what was, like, what, like, what? with his label, what was, must what, have was,
1: been
4: what was what was the hit on Love Sexy? Alphabet Street or Alphabet Street? Oh, and that was like one <laughs> And album.
1: then you put that out. It was oh, terrible, Al. Yeah. And mean, I wish, was... I
0: wish you heaven. Oh yeah, that was awful. The, you know there there's, there's a point that was like it really just I don't know that. But
4: he can do that. Because he can do it, he's but a then Batman
0: comes out and gets him right back after that. Yeah,
4: which was awful. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: but
1: yeah. Dude, this was probably for a long time one of the rarest bootlegs out there, and it was selling like if
0: you had original vinyl, it was like crazy money. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, I do know Doctor Fink came back for the Love Sexy album, but that might have been pre-recorded stuff beforehand. Oh. Um, at that point, and by the way, the Love Sexy album has the original Glam Slam track on it. Boom. But it's not a great song. I'm gonna be, honest. yeah.
1: So we're back to Tonight. we're back to Hector. What do you got left, man?
0: I'm out. I'm all out of songs,
4: buddy. I'm all out of songs. Oh, because we did we all we did kiss
1: already, and that was yeah. the.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm all out of songs.
3: Yes. Yep. What What
1: were you gonna say about uh, revolver? All right. Well, tease this revolver tidbit.
4: I was thinking, and this has me and Coop. As much as we do talk, we never talked about this. Yep. I thought to myself, "Was Purple Rain? Uh, is Purple Rain Prince's? Uh, oh my God! I can't. I, I swear, I really am not. I'm not feeling great, so I'm a little, a little slow right That's now." That's right. Uh, what was the? Uh, is is this is Purple Rain Prince's Sergeant Pepper?
0: Yeah. All I, right. I, I think it absolutely is. It's kind of reversed because I looked at Around the World on the Day, which was followed up as revolver. Right. But in this case, uh that, that Revol- Sergeant Pepper followed Revolver, but I, mm. I I totally believe that Purple Rain was his Sergeant Pepper. It was a conceptual album in a lot of ways. Right. That's, yeah. that's 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 yeah. what I was
4: thinking. I mean listen, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's yeah. It's got, you know, tied into a movie, this, that, it, it's mm. just uh and can we honestly say he never he never reached the heights that he reached with that album. This was Purple yeah. Rain was the... Yes, Purple Rain was the, was the top. Was the it was top the of,
0: top. I mean, I think nothing came close to it. If you had to say that number two album, a lot of people say it's a 1999. 1999. Or, yeah, or but, that before, but that was before? That was the time. Yeah, those are the probably... And yet. And yet.
4: Still made music for
0: another 30 years. And, and, became, and became revered. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and beca- that's... Yeah
4: that's crazy usually when you're when you're good when you're when your best times are behind you you get labeled a has-been or you know you start you start guest appearing on albums you know or you know but this guy this guy headlined and was uh uh was didn't care that you know that his best stuff was made in the 84 and i don't know if it's his best stuff i just think he you know, it's you know my feelings about about the tipping point. His album came at the right time, came at the right moment, know yep. the right audience for the right crowd. Do you think a, an album like Purple Rain would do well with millennials? No, but it no. hit it hit Gen X right in the NEDs. Mm-hmm. It just you know hit us right, in the, you, you, right yeah. in the right in the right in the softies, you know, and perfect, yeah.
3: And well, you know,
2: I, I think there's a lot of parallel there, Hector. Since we're you know. You're, you're repeating there's a lot of parallels between that and Nirvana like Nirvana's album would not have been as big as it was if it did not no. hit at exact like you could not have picked a better no. time yeah. in history for that album to mm. launch a year later or a year earlier it wouldn't have been the juggernaut that it was yeah. And, that, I, and it I, I agree yeah. Yeah.
3: But one that,
4: and, and I don't remember because maybe it's, I'm already up there I'm, I'm in my mid 50s already most of these bands when a band comes out and like a Nirvana and they hit all of a sudden in the next three or four months. You see all these copycat bands, you know. For you know, uh, was there any did anybody try to copy Prince? I don't think anybody tried (laughs) to copy, I don't think that existed, you know. And I don't want to say copycat band, but you had you for you had Nirvana, then you got Pearl Job, you have derivative stuff. There was any, there was nothing derivative, nobody, nobody made, but
0: but Prince controlled a lot of the derivatives through Paisley Park. He had a stable of musicians, you know, Morris Day in the time. Um, uh, the fa- there was a band called the family. Um, you know, there was just these other like groups out of Minneapolis, um, that I think were um. I'm, I'm my a... my
4: my question is for every fastball there's a smash mouth. There yeah, what, yeah, was, yeah. what was what was nobody there was no prince there was no maybe maybe
0: so. Lenny Kravitz later on. But that was twenty. Maybe. I'm talking but about in the twenty years, Yeah, I'm years about
4: in the moment. Every excess has its fix.
0: Every U two has its yes minds. Anything
2: or... anything in the eighties even came close.
0: No. No, because no. I don't think anyone could stand what he. They you not pull it off. It, yeah. was no, hard I mean.
2: Yeah, you just you couldn't pull it off. You didn't. Yeah. You, whether you call it the musical talent or the creative juices to be able to pull all yeah. those things together, nobody nobody was yeah. at that level. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, like Prince is sort of like since we're talking a lot of Beatles comparisons, he's very John Lennon like in that. Like it wasn't like it wasn't just the music. It was like the whole thing. That's a it
3: good was parallel, the whole
1: vibe. Absolutely. It was like everything. Yeah. Like, because because like was Prince,
2: it, definitely out yeah. at of times, right, with his with his sort of yeah. getting a little yeah. too sort of into himself, and yes. I think there's a, there's a, you know what I mean. Like, you gotta respect the artist, but there's times you're like, okay, John, like pull it back. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
4: Back. I mean, yeah. the only thing he didn't do was trademark his name. Oh, right. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Ahead <laughs> ahead.
1: <laughs> but that's the whole vibe. It's like. Prince had this vibe where he could just like, you, you can hear any Prince story and you'd believe it. Because it's of just course. like Because yeah. he's so That's yeah those out Cha- there. Chappelle
4: yeah. Stories, those Chappelle stories that Charlie Murphy yes. told, I believe Charlie every Murphy, one of them. Yeah. I yeah. believe yeah. every one of them. Yep. You know, Prince, let's go back to my house and play shirts and game against blouses. Game blouses. <laughs> game blouses. I, I, I believe all of that shit. I, I really, really do. Yep. yep.
2: And of course, wasn't it the famous thing that uh Prince I don't remember what album it was, but he used Chappelle because he was actually pretty pissed at Chappelle. Uh he used an image of Chappelle as Prince yes. on one of his album covers. That was like a and that single was a or sort something. of like don't fuck yeah. with me. Yep.
0: yep.
1: Yep. Yes. That was like a single yeah. or something. Yeah. I remember that. I never listened to the black album either, by the way. It, oh, check a, it out, man! You gotta check
4: um, it out. I, it's
0: a very interesting album. Yeah,
4: but it's it's that it's, it's to my point when I it earlier, I'm just not that much of a fan, and none of it got airplay. Yeah,
1: right? well, no, it, 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 it was yeah. under, it was well, held. Did back. it was
0: like minimal. It was underground. Because then they Because so the, people had like bootleg versions. There were bootlegers that were floating around about it. But because the album was out like around that love sexy time, but it was it was all bootleg. And then I think it eventually, yeah. like Dave said, that eight song version came out eventually. And then, and then, yeah, but you know, see if I can stream it. I can stream it online somewhere. Yeah, you you, can stream it easy. You could definitely stream it. Yeah,
2: it kind of has me excited for you know. I I realize going back to somebody's archaeology after they're dead is you know some feelings there, but he's got so much music. I I kind of am interested now to see you know what are they going to pull out of the vault for future
4: because.
1: Man, the vault's gotta
2: like, be crazy. It's gotta be wild.
4: Oh, it's gonna be, you know, reggaeton prints. I'm sure that they'll, 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 <laughs> they'll oh, like yeah, they, I mean... some
1: reggaeton and...
4: they'll do something with Bad Bunny, you know. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Know, oh, there you cool. go. Yep.
1: Um, surgeon, you got, you got any, what do you got left? I got
2: nothing. No, we had, we had a bunch of crossovers. Um, you know, it was, it was, I was saying a coupe. it's kind of hard because, like, you know, I think some of his best stuff floats to the top. Pretty easily, right? Like you yeah. know, like some of the deep cuts are pretty interesting, but some of his best stuff is pretty obviously his best stuff. Not that mm-hmm. it's necessarily all on the Purple Rain album, but um, you know, if you pick the top fifteen Prince tracks, most people are going to be, yeah, that was yeah. that was his best yep. fifteen tracks.
0: Yep. So. Coop, what do I you got? got two, I know I'll, you got I'll, at least one left. I got two left. Um, so but I'll go through them quick. Um, I have "Sign of the Times" from the title mm-hmm. track. Uh, I think it's another masterpiece a lot of people this is considered one of his best songs critically um, it was you know more of a social commentary type of song Uh, it has very much a funk vibe to it but it also has the synthesizer driving piece of it so uh, I think it's a great song that bass sound it's, it's not a bass I think it's a synthesizer bass he's using in there mm. really good and then look I know I think Batdance was brilliant. I loved Bat Um, And he needed a hit song after Love Sexy. Um, and it was like Prince put his own interpretation on Batman. And the Batman album is actually a really good album. There's some other songs on it. And one the lead track off the Batman album is a song he does called The Future. And in this Batdance song, which is actually the last track of the album, he samples The Future song in there. So um, just some great guitar work that's in there. A terrible live song. This is mm-hmm. a song is not meant to be performed live at all. But a great studio song. Um, and that, I said
1: that album.
0: I remember when he was. Do- that was a big deal.
1: He, has when a, he Sheena, was doing
0: yeah, that, it, that it was record a, that yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, Sheena Easton's on the album. She does a ballad with him called "The Arms of Orion." It's this album. What happened is. You don't see this on a lot of the compilations because of the licensing deal that Prince cut with. In order to do this to be part of this album, oh, I can, he didn't I con- This is the one part of his catalog he didn't control, but he wanted to do this. So he agreed to do that. And that's why you don't see "Bat dance on a lot of the or the other songs on this album, but there's some very good cuts on it. I mean, the, the album's on Spotify, you can still get it, but it's just yeah. it, he didn't control the licensing on this one.
1: Oh, any final Prince thoughts? I, I uh, Dolly Parton's going to cover Purple Rain, which
0: could be an absolute
1: disaster.
0: Yeah. I have one final thought. <laughs> Our new record. I have, Hector may get mad at me for saying this, but I'll say it. Also, if it wasn't for Prince, we Uh-oh. would not have the karita Saka Khan. Why can I get Ooh. mad about that? Because he wrote, I feel for you for Chaka Khan. Did he? And that, yep, and that's the song he wrote. That that was his. He wrote that, and that song goes "Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan," which became "Saka <laughs> Khan, Saka." You know, Saka Khan. Oh, because when you, you know, because when,
4: Khan. when I think when I think of Chaka Khan, I always think of, of you know. Of Steve Saka. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> but I
0: think that whole Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, it was because that's great. It's, that, great it's great. It's great wordplay. It's great wordplay. Yeah, it, it was. was I think that's where Saka Khan came from. Yeah, it was. That's what he said. It was. It to when be. he was in the Navy, that's when this song was a big hit. He was saying. So I, will you, tell you,
4: I will tell you that I think. I mean, if, if we're still doing final thoughts. Yep. Uh, I thought now that we're forty years removed from the album. You know, we always talk about those. You know, Brando needed Dean. You know, everybody. Yeah, you know, that Michael Jackson Prince thing never really came to fruition. The, there was a feud it, with those
0: two guys. There was a big.
4: There feud. was, but it never. But it there. There was yeah. never. I don't. I don't think they were. I don't think they were fishing in the same pond.
0: No. I
4: mean, you know, I. 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 I, I will go on a limb here and say that I think Michael was the bigger star. Michael well, was the the Prince
0: guy. had a problem. Morris Day was interviewed on this, by the way. He talks a lot about the rivalry, and he, I think he said Prince always had a problem with it.
4: Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker had a good interview too. Yeah, where he says that they went, they went somewhere, yeah. and Prince was performing late at night, and Prince got in Michael's yeah. face, and 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 as they left, uh, Michael Tucker says, "Prince, goes, Why he do that to me? <laughs> you know, uh, you know," in, in his Michael Jackson voice. But I, I just I, you. When we were kids, we we're like, Oh, these guys are gonna these guys are gonna rule the eighties. They're gonna control music for the next yeah. twenty years. And they, they did great. They made great they, music for the next years. But they didn't it wasn't the one upsmanship or they weren't the competitive, it wasn't that competitive nature that I thought that now in hindsight, hey, you thought that would have happened, yeah? Yeah, you
0: know? Yeah, but you know that that they wanted Prince for We Are the World and he didn't show up. They invited him to that. that night All right. And he ended up just, he gave them a track for the album instead. He did not want to, but there was at that point. But there that's was already, some petty shit. That's some petty shit from a guy. Uh, now that he's I, dead, I, it's hard. I, never look, I, dead, I, I think everyone thought it was petty back then, too.
4: You never talk dead about mm-hmm. about the dead, but damn, that's some petty shit. No, that was petty.
0: Yeah, look, that was most people considered, a, I mean, and that's why a lot of people, for a while, people didn't warm up the prints for a lot of reasons. And that was, I think, one reason um, for sure with that. You know, it was when he started making these guest appearances and doing Super Bowls where people started to warm up to him. And I think he probably matured a lot more by that point, too. I think a lot
4: of that had to do with he's trying to bring up his G rating as well. You know, he's trying to he's trying to, you know, he's trying to you musicians, public you know figures want publicity. Yeah. You know, you want to get good publicity, not bad publicity. But yeah, you know, doing being as talented as he was, he did punk his shit. I mean, it's it's no 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 use to be a dead horse, but. Well, Imagine if he didn't have that chip on his shoulder, what he could have done. Yeah. What kind of collaborations he could have done mm. with guys of his at his level. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You know, and I think, you know, Purple Rain, like you said, he wasn't a likable character in that. And, people, yeah, and that's people,
4: autobiographical,
0: correct? Autobiography right. And the whole Purple Rain song at the end, you know, that whole thing was kind of interesting. Um by the way, Matt Ty called that the greatest pop ballad of all time and says yeah. second place isn't even closing. If you watch primetime episode 80, Matt Ty does a breakdown of that song like I've never heard anyone do a breakdown of a song before.
4: You mean a guy from Minnesota that did, did a breakdown on a song from a guy
3: from Minnesota?
4: Uh, well, but of course. Matt breaks, yeah, Matt
0: breaks this song down. Uh, I mean, all right. So he talks Matt is saying structures. He's, he. I'm telling yeah. you, Matt does a, a, a true music theory breakdown of this song. So, and he's best. saying it's the best ballad of the oh, 80s, is what he's saying. He said it's the best ballad of all time. time. And of all time is in close. Well, pop out I think too. pop ballad. Greatest pop well, ballad yeah. of all time was the words he used. What's number 2 he said? He said that he didn't say uh, what number 2 is cuz it's time close. Say to it was. Yeah, and he talked about yeah, how the court structure was similar to Journey's Faithfully and he even talked about a story about where prince called Jonathan Kane of Journey uh to get the blessing to use that chord structure. I mean, it was a big deal this uh you know, so there's a lot Yeah. I mean, if you go back to episode 80 uh Matt breaks this song down. I mean, I'm telling you, the music theory he brought into this with the chord levels is just amazing. Mm. So, but I think going back to what I was saying, I think that that you know he was because it was autobiographical. People looked at him as like a selfish guy, you know, with a chip on his shoulder, didn't treat women right. You know, a lot of that people took that image, and you know, for a long time they had that image in his mind about that.
2: But it is it is interesting <clears throat> since it was you know in sort of Michael versus Prince in the in the seating. You look back on their legacy, and Prince is on a whole another level as a legacy than Michael is at this
4: point, right? We oh I, yeah, in the I, last forty I, years. Michael, I agree. Was own, Michael Jackson was his own worst enemy for his legacy. Well,
0: you know, I have a little introspective of Michael though too. I mean, for my dad who did know him. And my dad always said Michael had – I remember he was talking about when Michael was 18 years old, my dad was talking to us about, you know, this guy's got – he's a good kid, he said, but he's got such problems. And I remember him saying – this is before around this is before Thriller, my dad was saying this stuff about Michael. Um, he always had a – like I said, he had a soft spot for Michael so he thought he was a good kid, but he said, this guy's got problems like you wouldn't believe. And he, my dad always believed that. Um, he never excused Michael for the – stuff that went on with the kids. I want to say that very clear. My dad thought Michael probably did something he shouldn't have done, too. So um, he was very honest about that, too.
2: Right. The worst worst you could say about Prince is he he was kind of all all up in his own business being an artist, taking it too far. And the man had a lot of partners. And, like, that's really all you can say about the guy, right? Like, that's... You look back at his legacy, like, that's really... That's as far as you could go. Yeah. I
0: I think the one artist that came out of the stable that had the uh there's a couple of artists that came out of uh, uh, uh Jimmy Jan and Terry Lewis were became producers out of that stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think musician wise, I think Sheila E. is probably the one people look at. She had a very successful career as a, a drummer and a session musician. So I think a lot of people look at her. She came out of that era as well. Um, I don't think Morris Day quite had the career that people thought he would have um, either. I mean, right. never really, not much after that. So.
1: Mm. so, New Music 45, Coop, we're at that moment. Yep. So, um, Hector, you need to go? Or you? you... I, I need to go, guys. If I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah.
0: Uh, take hey, care.
4: I will. No, Thank no you, problem. brother. All right. Thank I you, never, Hector. We appreciate it as all well. All right, Dave. John, nice you care, okay. to see you. Take care, Hector. Good to see you, man.
0: Take care. Yep. Uh, so I want to mention the new Music 45 brought to you uh, by the folks at Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, they have uh, a great retail store. Uh, they have boutique brands. They have tried and true brands. Uh, add to it. They have a great lounge. They have a uh, great customer service. Can't say enough about them. If you can't get down to Deltona, Florida, uh go to their website, cigarhustler.com, get on their email list, follow them on social media, uh, because they do a um a fantastic job um uh of getting announcements of the new products, limited stuff. Um so you want to get that, check out the Postani brand. I think I should mention, <laughs> and I think should be mention, uh, sponsoring someone on this panel. I, I think they are the official studio uh, sponsor of the uh, of the Canadian studios of developing palettes. Still, right, yep, international so, presence. Yep, yep. Cool. So uh, check those guys out. Good guys, uh, and of course the Cigar Hustles podcast, self-proclaimed number one podcast. So.
1: Self-proclaimed.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, they got the
1: uh, they got the the uh, Corona Gorda out. Now at the store, at the online shop.
0: I got to try that. Dead. I'm looking forward. I'm, the, but I'm, they're both I'm of them, not like kidding. the natural I'm and the Maduro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they got the, I don't know when they're releasing, but he keeps showing pictures of the SBC 2022, and that band looks awesome.
0: And the I Connecticut's still coming out, too.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah I think that's a, a launch. I think they're holding it for the show. I think that's going to be a show launch. Um, okay. Pretty, pretty
0: excited. Yep.
3: Yep.
2: I don't know when that's it ships, cool. but you yeah, know, I'm going to hassle them at the show. For they're sure. they're going to be at the, they're going to
0: oh, be at Skip's yeah. booth? Is that the plan? I
2: don't know if they're going to be at the booth. I know they're attending the show. Um, yeah. I don't know that they're exhibiting, but, uh, obviously we're going to have the guys over the media compound and, uh, we're definitely definitely going to be uh, them for information. I, say like, I, I did invite show? them
0: to the virtual, <laughs> I did invite them to the virtual trade show anyway. So, nice. um, so, even though he's focused. So if they're there or not, um, they'll, they'll be on. So, uh, Um and I think they're on the first week, the twenty second. So, but we do have all the people come on and talk about their cigars. But yeah, so I think they got a lot of stuff coming out for sure. Um, and then I know Aaron just smoked the new Fable this week. He was telling me, Mm -hmm. yes. So, um, yeah. So, so lots of stuff to check out. Um, but Dave, what do you got for new music this week?
1: I got and really quick before I forget, I threw in there my, my uh. Show streak of mentioning Dolly Parton where she's covering Purple Rain. Which so has been. Don't there, be worried. She's, she's gonna do good.
0: <laughs> she's gonna do good with it.
1: Oh no, on no, the Rockstar, on her new Rockstar album. She's covering yeah. Purple Rain. When does that come out?
0: November. Oh November? Uh, yeah.
1: It's like four vinyls it's a it's like a it's crazy big. It's like yeah. thirty tracks.
0: It's all collab it's mostly collaborations. Uh either- It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. She's got. She's reuniting that. with the Beatles. She's reuniting the two. It's gonna be nuts. McCartney oh. and Ringo are doing a track with her. That's. So she's, I mean, wow, so that's yeah, a legacy, right? I think there. this. I think she's gonna do good with Purple Rain. I really do. I it's think it's gonna, gonna be, be a much crazy. slower version, though. I will tell you that. Oh God, I'm it's gonna be. Even I'm worried, but Purple anyway. Rain. Yeah.
1: Side A, you'll like this band, Surge. I don't know if you listen to them, but it's Royal Blood. i have one. Um, They're like. They're like a, a a duo, like they're they're very they're hard rocked. It's Mountains at Midnight is the track off of their new record, Back to the Water Below. It's probably some of the hottest rock out there. It's got a kind of a nine inch nails vibe, but still modern. They've done like songs with other bands, but it's just a two piece. It's like um like I don't know if you you were into ministry way back when Oh, dude. Huge into ministry with huge in ministry. So it's sort of that same, it's not as electro-industrial, but said idea like a heavy rock duo, like Ministry was. So sort of that vibe. They're very good. but we'll Check them He's out. Right up my alley. I'll have to check it out. Side, side B, this goes out for Coop. Dua Lipa, Dance the Night. Great track. Off of the Barbie soundtrack. A movie I'm not interested in at all, but the Margo soundtrack Roby's looks Margot gonna sad. be Barbie, though. Margot <laughs> Roby's
0: gonna be Barbie. No? I have no interest in this I movie. I want to see what Margot oh. Robbie does as Barbie, yeah. I almost, I almost have negative interest. That Yo, Dua Lippa is going to play a version of Barbie, by the way, in that movie. Mermaid. He's gonna oh, they all, mermaid. yeah. She's playing like Mermaid a, Barbie. Yeah. It's like Ooh. a bazillion Barbie. Whatever. Shit.
1: Anyway, yeah. this the the soundtrack's got like Khaled on it, Ice Spice, Lizzo, Hyams on it. Everyone's on it. So the soundtrack looks great. Uh, but it's a great disco vibe. It's the year of disco, Coop.
0: It, it's it's a the big... year of disco. She's brought back, Dua lippas brought back this 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 disco, and she's using those high vocals, uh, those soprano-like vocals. It's, it's a really good job she's doing with that. Well,
1: but it's his, the year disco, like month, Lizzo's isn't? got... Yeah, Lizzo's got some disco influence. Pink had some.
0: Beyonce had some. We, we saw this about 15 years ago, you know, Madonna. It's kind of, yes. again, making another comeback, but it's a little more of a modern twist and maybe people going back to the retro version back then. This is more taking the concepts and building it with them. I think this is something we saw come out of the pandemic. I think this is a good mm-hmm. thing. And uh dual lip is leading the way with that.
1: So we got album archaeology homework for everybody, which is uh Prince's 1999. We've talked about tracks off it a lot in the show, but you had 1999, which we didn't talk about.
0: Little Red Corvette, Delirious, International Lover, which is a great song. Great song. It's on the second the second uh disc, I think.
1: So be sure to check that that record out. Yeah. It's more prints.
0: Yep. Um I know Hector had to go. He wasn't feeling great, by the way, but um I gotta just say, this six oh one yellow with the age on it, fantastic. Um just it, it lost a little strength, but it's got a lot of body still to it. Very cl- Good San Andreas blend, that earthy, uh, some of the chocolate notes and gritty. Uh, this was really good. Um,
2: you know, what I'll say, Coop, is that I think sometimes that's good when a blend is sort of that powerful, right, can lose a little bit of that strength. And 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 I think in a lot of ways it allows the uh, flavor profile to carry forward a little bit more. And I kind of like that. I kind of like when you get a really heavy cigar and you let it mellow a little bit. It's kind of interesting to revisit that after a few years and see how it how it you know is done.
0: I just reviewed a cigar this week, and in that review, I talked about it was one of those cases where I think if the strengths wore off a bit, and you know you know what it was, it was the HVC selection of Maduros, which is a good cigar, mm-hmm. but I think when that loses a little more strength, right. Because I thought it was a little... The flavors are enjoyable. But I think when that strength starts to whittle off a bit, that's going to be a really special cigar. Mm. It's great cigar as it is. And i smoke it and buy it. But I think it put some of those away in a, in a couple yeah. of years, they're going to be real Because some of that strength is going to mellow out a bit.
1: I'm going to have to get that one. Because I'm just starting to get into the 601 series. Because I think before then, the only 601s I had were like the Napalm and the Sake Bomb and like those uh, things. I-
2: you know, I used to be, um, I used to like kind of early 2010s, uh, I was smoking 601s like they're, you know, yeah. being, being given away. Um, I was a huge, huge fan of, you know, both in sort of the flavor profile, but also they would come out with different sizes. Um, mm. you know, they're doing a lot of torpedoes at the time and yep. torpedoes weren't as popular. Uh, so it's kind of big into that. Um, I mean, here we are a decade later and they're still, they're still popping.
0: Yeah, I mean, the black, when it came out, it was ahead of its time. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Um, the blue, I think, is that great broadleaf expression. The green, the Oscuro. You know, the red is the one that got the big cigar aficionado rating, too, and I'm like, it's actually my least favorite of those. Um, but then there's there's another one that came out called White, which is a really mellow Connecticut they came out with in it. Um, and then the yellow, which has kind of been this blend that's and there's all the colors but this one's kind of been i knew hector's had this blend for a while because i kept asking him when is this coming out it's too good not to so uh mm. the fact i got to smoke a unicorn size with the robusto nice uh is really good yeah um
2: so what you're saying is uh cigar hoarding does pay off
0: <laughs> you gotta you gotta i think you gotta pick and choose it carefully yeah. Um, and you got to be a little careful because, John, the cigar you smoke. Well, not the one like Padron 64s do not age them. Mm-mm. I have about 12. Oh, in my right. humidor that They're about 12 years old. Actually older, they're, th- they're 14 years old from 2009. And Jeez. I'm never going to smoke them, did but I don't want to throw them out. <laughs> so, yeah. But they they have nothing left to them. That's a good segue to Surgeon Cigar. How
1: is the three thousand?
2: It was good. Um, but yeah, that was my take is that the, um, you know, some of the more distinct, uh, chocolate notes kind of have faded and it's a little bit more wooden and hay forward, which is surprising out of a drone. Cause you normally don't get that. Um, but I think, you know, those stronger tobaccos have just mellowed over time. I mean, that cigar has gotta be a decade over. Yeah. Now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Coop said, it's just one of those blends that it's ready to smoke out of the box. So you should smoke it mm. fresh. There are some blends out there that have aged brilliantly. Some of the tats um, mm. tend to really, you know, have a peak time after a certain number of years, they're kind of peak. And then uh, I think sharply fall off after that point. But, um, you know, some some brands do have lots of aging potential. But, you, you know, it's always tough to know because you're always looking back. You're like, you know, what is that right time? I've yeah. got some Cubans now. Um, the, uh, we j- actually have been smoking the La Sepsione Italia edition from 2011. Uh, so that's, you know, that's got some time on it now and it's Cuban. Um, but it's, it's peaked. I think it peaked last year. Um, smoking one this year. It's definitely, you know, it's still very, very good, but it's, it's dropped. It's, oh, it's down the way. Last
0: You're year right. was the best. Yeah. I mean, John, I have a couple of Bondsdales and that Calibre. I finally did smoke that Colabra. It was mm. really, cause I didn't want to get too old. So good. Uh, I'm actually trying. You know, part of what I'm trying to think about is what am I bringing to the house for people to smoke? Because we all kind of bring cigars, Mm. and we all have. So I'm always trying to. I'm trying to come up with some gems I'm going to bring there. So uh, Mm. it will. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, the uh,
1: the McFly.
0: I'll say. I mean, I like that that Superfly bar. I thought I thought the McFly was was a disappointment compared to the Superfly. I'll be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a good creamy cigar. I mean, there's just not a lot of. Punch in it, I guess. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think it's tough with to that Honduran tobacco,
2: right? I think you know Honduran yeah. tobacco, when it's done right, I, it doesn't really lend itself to being a sort of a punchy flavor. Mm. Like even when you put a spicy habano wrapper on there, it's still not no. comparative to like a Nicaraguan habano, right? It, and I don't think it should be. I think Honduran tobacco, when it comes together, is really rich, really complex, but it's more that sort of mid-strength-level, sweet, creamy, you know, delicate, balanced profile versus that sort Mm. of punchy, in-your-face type profile.
1: I think for me, I mean, it's a good cigar. I think people should try it, but I think for me, it's like the flavors in it are so subtle in -hmm. a way that, like, either got to dial those up a bit more or have something else in there to kind of... Because I'm about... The construction and everything is great. I'm about this far from the end. Hmm. And it's sort of about halfway through. It was kind of one note and just sort of stuck there. Like it didn't really. So either you need to like vary it up a bit or dial those flavors up enough so that even if it is one note, it's still sort of giving you something, I guess. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it's worth it. I'm not sad that I got them. Like they're good, but they're not, uh, they're not, they're not, it's not going to knock your socks off, I guess. That's good though, nice.
0: That's how I would assess it, Dave. Yeah, Oscar's got better stuff. Um, but yeah, that's how it says. And th- that was the packaging, like you said, with these those holographic bands and all that. It was. was right. pretty It was pretty cool that's with pretty cool. it. Um, Look at that!
2: But, it's got the glitter. Woo! It's it's a very very well done. I mean, you know, we don't. You know, we kind of gloss over that sometimes when we do reviews about the bands and the packaging, but like. There's some packaging out there that's that's really well done, and that's one of those ones where I think he did a fantastic job with the color scheme and that yeah. glittery. It's it's a little bold for the industry, but it works really well.
0: Yeah, it does. He's uh, and and Oscar's all Oscar, Oscar's yes, he is about his blends, uh, but he's very particular in his packaging. Um, yeah. so um, you know art he's done a lot of art incorporating art and you know candela mm. sleeves and things like that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, Yeah. I gonna, but that gonna.
1: that superfly is the full package. Great packaging, great cigar. Yeah,
0: yeah. The Connecticut's uh I like the Maduro better than the Connecticut, but yeah Yeah I like the Maduro yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So we are at the end guys um stay tuned for for our social media channels for when and what our next show is going to be um we have plenty of stuff to cover john thank you as well for being a part of this oh uh, fun. yeah I know thanks hector, man and i want to thank hector as well he was a little under the weather today and he still did this show toughed it out oh uh, he really did so and i had told him beforehand hector if you need to sit it out you need to sit it out we'll figure something out but uh true pro so hey i mean john and hector you guys have always been there for us um really appreciate it john you're gonna be back with me on thursday night for the media panel it, show it,
2: it's exciting, Cooper. Oh, I Jesus. mean, it's hard to it's it's hard to think. We're we're down to like something like twenty seven days before the show, and it's yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of that timeline where you're like, man, like that's coming up quick. It's starting to get it's
3: yeah. starting to get real.
0: It's I'm starting uh... to get real. Um, we're all gonna be in the compound. Uh, I'll be getting out there on the fourth of yeah. uh, of July. So uh, we're gonna make sure we're gonna try. Aaron and I are trying to get out there earlier so we can kind of like get all the logistical stuff. Picked up and everything for the media compound this year, and we last summer media compound, we do guys. So, uh, oh, if there's future media compounds, we're gonna be out there at 47 degrees. So, I don't know what the future, and we may be in other cities. So,
2: so, so, yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
0: and and I will say the tune is coming. So, the tune is uh,
2: making appearance first time since uh 2019, I think. Yeah,
0: it's been four years. So, so the tune is coming back, uh, to the trade show. Wow! Yeah. It's,
2: it's gonna get it's gonna get. Hey, wild. it always gets funky with the tuna in, in the house.
1: Oh, it's a- you guys need to talk to all these uh all these uh cigar brands and get them to knock their prices down, man. I can't keep up with developing pallets. the The wallet can't keep up, man. Oh, you
0: it's, know, it's yeah, <laughs> it's like sort crazy. of Chaz, the Chaz Palmitari cigar is going for twenty dollars, right? Yeah. We talked about that last week. The That's new like Davido- a value cigar now. <laughs> yeah, the new is going for thirty six dollars. Um, oh. The, uh, the 10th anniversary of Nicaragua. So yeah, it's it's not getting ke- cheaper. Uh, I, I would say the new the new sort of launch
2: point, like the typical launch point we're seeing now is about 1250. I think that's kind of where it settled. Where, you know, yeah, that's exactly
0: uh, what I would say too. It
2: used to be maybe 950. So that's, I mean, that is a, you know, we kind of skipped over the sort of 1050, 11, and we just jumped all the way to twelve. But to to be fair to the industry, I think that there's been a lot of cost overhead that's been held back and being eaten by manufacturers for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of got to a point where they said, look, we've been eating labor costs and tobacco price increases for quite a while now. We need to adjust. Yeah. And that's, that's, there, there hasn't the been a
0: backlash on the industry about, it. I mean, it's been talked about, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen a backlash happen. Yeah. Um certainly hasn't slowed down sales. But no, that could God, change no. with the economy. Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I think I mean, you look at the number of units, uh, because the export numbers just got put out a little while ago. I mean, it's I mean, what are we at? We're up thirty percent from twenty nineteen. And I thought twenty nineteen was gonna kind of be the high water market for the industry and you know, things are just mm. gonna kind of come down from there. But uh we really saw um some pent up demand with the you know, beginning of twenty twenty where consumer demand, consumer consumption went through the through the roof um
3: Mm.
2: now we've kind of you know people are saying things are slowing down but it's like listen you know we're selling 35 million more cigars than back in 2019 so if it calms down five or six percent you're still doing pretty well for for a number of uh, units being being shipped and sold
0: man yep all right guys um i'm gonna wrap it up anything else before we go
2: No, great show. Great show. Great victory by Hector.
0: Yeah, great victory. He did a great job. And we'll figure out what we're going to be doing next year in the upcoming weeks. So uh, I'll let you guys know. We'll figure it out. Um, You guys are always welcome to do that with us. But that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox, episode 101, into the annals of history for this mid-June 2023. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody.